Hey, Chris. Welcome to Building Up To It, episode 97. We're here on the yard, the stream yard. And guess what they said to me last week? They said, hey, your trial's ending. Did you know you had a trial? Well, it's ending. <laughs> guess what? Didn't end. They lied to all of us. They said there's no end. And then they said there's an end. And now there's no end, I guess, maybe. We're here. We're for free. Point to the duck, Paul. Hold on. Nope. <laughs> the duck means we're here and it's free. And really, honestly, if they say the trial's over, can't you just start a new trial? And now that I'm here, the duck's in, in view of, of Paul's window here. <laughs> yeah, there's no other options for the three except for <laughs> this. Ooh. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> well, you got you have to make a face when it gets big. That's the rule. <laughs> it's like when you're screen sharing and it does the on one person. Usually Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's all gone now. Well, it's kind of gone. Hey, anyway, what we get this week? This week, uh, I got a motorized AT-AT traded in. That's fun. It just needs new batteries and maybe it'll work. That's pretty cool. That'll probably sell pretty well. I think just... Regardless of any newer ones they have, the, the motorization part is the uh, what makes it so unique. I got my first Duplo trade-in in a long while. So there's two big trucks that we put back together, and the rest will be kind of Duplo bulk bags. And it's all already been washed, and it's ready to get bagged up and hopefully sold. And in addition to that, I don't know if I talked about it last time, we had 50, 60-some sets traded in all all missing the minifigures like on purpose where some of them were built but most of them were still in the original bags just minifigs extracted uh mostly superheroes and star wars but then there's some other licenses too so i don't know if they're collecting minifigures or they're selling the minifigures and or what it's not like i would have parted them out because it's one copy of any of those sets that's crazy talk uh so what we did is i'm breaking in my new carter because Carter is officially in Denmark now. Uh, he posted the pictures on his Facebook page of, of him in Denmark with the big Lego sign outside of the headquarters, the headquarter headquarters. Very not, cool. Not the fake Enfield, Connecticut headquarters, the real <laughs> ones. So he, oh, he, went, he went right to Billing, huh? Yes. Wow. He's all the way there now. Uh, his, his caption was, when I was five years old, I either wanted to be a Lego designer or an astronaut. Period. <laughs> And it's him standing next to the big Lego sign, Lego Systems. Um, so I'm breaking in my new Carter. And I said, hey, Paul, here's what you're going to do. Not you, Paul. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know about this. Damn. <laughs> Not you, Paul. Uh, you're going to part out every one of these sets one at a time in brick stock. You're going to price it, and you're going to sort by price. And then any part over 50 cents, you're going to extract that. The rest of it gets dumped in a big bin that will get various things pulled out of it, and then it'll go onto the bulk table. So we know that there's nothing really good left in this bin after you do that process. And he got a couple, two, $300 worth of parts that were good parts out of there, and he uploaded just those parts, and then everything else is being chewed through to go pull the bricks out, pull the plates out, pull the tiles out, pull the big boat parts out, pull some of the the bigger tires and specialty stuff, and everything else goes on the bulk table, and then in a few months, that'll all get bought. 
like it clears out every few months. That'd be nice. So he was doing that, and that's what became of all that. It was either we're going to build all these sets and just have all these cool sets minus the figures for sale as chunks, as we call them, or because the store is completely full of stuff, let's just break them down and extract the good stuff. So that's one of the processes I have been toying with where it's probably worth more to pull some parts out and junk the rest than it is to take up that much shelf space with a portion of a set that's only going to get smashed by every kid who walks by it. Seems like actually a pretty good idea. And certainly for, for to break in a new guy. I mean, that's, that's just yeah. trial by yeah, fire that's, right that's, there. That's, he's a, he's, he's battle tested, um, battle tested. <laughs> caught me wearing one of my free shirts from this box I used to pack that sold itself in, in the middle of the night and didn't tell us that it wasn't going to happen anymore. <laughs> you posted on your Instagram you had at one point like seven people working for you. Are you just down to one now again? No, uh, my, most of the people who work for me are uh, part-timers, the kids that come in, came in a lot during the summer, but now they're just coming after school. So I'll get, mm. I'll get them for like one to two hours a few days a week two maybe three days a week and they just come in after school and they pull orders and then they go home so mm. uh i might need to increase the number of people doing that if the orders stay as high as they are and the kids are obviously putting in reduced hours than they would have a month ago that's what happens if you drop that minimum purchase yeah <laughs> minimum purchases man you can't you can't live with them you can't live without them <laughs> The other thing I wanted to mention real quick is that I have one of my one of my longtime fulfillment people is they had always sent me sorted used parts and now they are toying with the idea of some new parts. So they for the first time had I think from Amazon uh, had brand new sets directly shipped to me. Like and then I handle the whole rest of it from there. It's the cheapest way for somebody who wants to invest to do so is to just have it sent straight to me. Don't worry about receiving it and then packing it and shipping it to me. Send it to me. I'll open it up. My team will sort it. There's a sorting fee, and then it'll go into the store, and then you'll make money as the parts sell. But you don't have to... You don't even have to see the Lego. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to smell it. You don't have to see it. So I got 10 of one set and 10 of another set in the mail today, and they were all sorted. And then tomorrow, I will spend a good amount of the day uh, putting those parts into the store. I should be working on the spreadsheet while I'm there, but I want to get these parts uploaded. I think if your Lego smells, I think it's not new. <laughs> what uh, what sets did you get? I got 10 of the Ferrari F40 Competizione, and I got 10 of the Night Bus. Nice, decently sized sets. Well, the the Ferrari is one of the smaller speed champions. I I never know oh, speed what what size speed champion set it is until I I look it up because it could be one of those duels. It could be the one with the whole pit stop, etc. This one, um, it's just the Ferrari F40. Hmm. So ten of those sorted and ten night buses sorted, ready to be uploaded tomorrow. It's interesting is that I've already, for somebody else, uploaded, uh, he sorted them, but I uploaded two copies of the night bus. Now I'm adding 10 more, which pretty much guarantees 
none of those locations are going to be the same because you can't really fit two of something in a drawer and then add 10 more of something to the <laughs> same size drawer. So everything's going to bump up a size, which is uh, something that could be avoided if you used a more um, amoebic uh, storage solution. I, I've wrestled in my head with the idea of Lots of large bins with with bags, bag parts in them, mm. where it's not as clear cut what you're pulling. Because right now it's one lot, one drawer, and it's who could mess that up. But with the bags, if you need, if you add more to it and it needs a bigger bag, you just make it a, you just dump it into a different bag that's bigger, and it still gets the job done. You don't actually have to virtually change anything or physically. I do that with my with my used parts, and uh, so I have like bins for each type of uh, used part. So like plates and bricks and wedges and and slopes. And uh, it, like you said, it works well. Like I can just change out the bags. But uh, trying to find the bag that you're looking for is like if it's all just dumped in one bin. I, I haven't found the right solution for that one there. But uh, it takes more time just to find the right bag than it does to find the parts in in the bag. So yeah. How about you, Paul? What'd you get? How do you um, store your amoebic bricks? <laughs> I store them on shelves and uh, on Instagram. <laughs> They're connected to the pieces that are next to them in how the instruction says. Exactly. So I actually did do some stuff with Lego this time because it was, it was Labor Day. So that means there was time to do some stuff. We weren't even at home, which means I didn't have to deal with other home stuff. So I finally cracked open... Oh. All of the Disney minifigures. You gotta warn me, Paul. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I cr finally cracked open all of my Disney CMF2 minifigures uh, and uh, verified that I did indeed have a full set, thankfully. Uh, well, I guess they're not difficult to find in most stores. They're, they're pretty much clogging the pegs everywhere there. Um, but uh, did confirm that I did have a, a full set there, which was good. And, um, this guy only has one Great Wall of China. I know I have two, but I did only build one. Uh, so I built the first one. I still have to build the other one now. Uh, I still don't have the four that you have. But, I've had uh, more traded into my store, and every time I get one, I go, I should just keep this, right? I should just keep the wall going. <laughs> it would be accurate, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with two for symmetry, but only two for shelf space, <laughs> because uh, with all the other architecture sets we have that we haven't even built yet, they're still need to go on the shelf. Uh, we can't fit more than two of those. Um, but we did actually hit up the Lego store as well, um, and we did some. Uh, we we got some some new stuff uh, that we we're planning on getting. Of course, uh, the front set was just recently released, and so we were very excited to get the front set. As most people who have heard me talk about it uh, are aware, um, unlike most people in the realm, strangely enough, but but I was all I was very excited for the the front set. As is my wife which means that my wife is probably going to be the one that is going to build that, which uh, means that I will have to enjoy it from afar while I'm building the Harley because that's probably the one that I am going to build. So uh, I will be able to build that guy. I'm very, very much looking forward to that and seeing, uh, seeing kind of the building techniques with that because it looks remarkably good um, for being a brick-built motorcycle. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to kind of see some of the techniques that are, that are kind of revealed throughout that build. And then found a couple more of the Series 19 minifigures, or I guess a few more of the Series 19 minifigures there. Um, picked up the other 
Chinese, the formerly Chinese region specific um, set, which is now available in uh, in the U.S. for the Dragon Boat uh, race right over there to go along with the other two that I've already got with the Dragon Dance and the uh, and the family dinner. Um, and then to keep up with the, the theme of China, apparently, this weekend, um, I, I got the Brickhead, uh, the Chinese New Year Brickhead there with the guy in the dragon outfit. And uh, because I can't turn down a free Lego gift with purchase, we got the Bumblebee Brickhead as well. How do you feel about the GWP right now being last year's retail Valentine's release? Eh, I, they're, they're not necessarily the, the reason that I go out they're not always the reason I go out and, and purchase items. So in this case, particularly, I didn't even know there was a GWP promotion going on. So um, the fact That's that the that worst kind there, of buyer, Paul, <laughs> the ones that go in just buying just Lego. Want to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least someone on this show likes to support Lego at full price. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was uh, kind of what I did there. I was able to pick up, a total of seven of the Series 19 minifigures. Haven't really posted anything about them because I figure I'll wait until the the full set um, uh, reveal is not the right word, but until I get the full set, uh, I did make sure that I, I picked up, jeez, this, this left versus right thing gets me every time. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, wait, there you go. There you go. The, uh, the Blacktron looking guy. I also call him the Blacktron guy always, even though there's his face. He is not yellow face, which I suppose is maybe racist nowadays. So, so there's, there he is there. Looking forward to uh, getting a stack of these to, to kind of keep uh, and, and put them alongside my Blacktron 1 and Blacktron 2, guys. Just a grip of Blacktron. Indeed. Um, and then I also wanted to kind of point out the gamer figure uh, is actually much more intricate than, uh, than, than I had expected, uh, particularly because... If you can see on his shirt, he has uh, maybe this isn't the best camera for it. Um, he has an Mtron logo. He has a classic space logo and a Blacktron logo, all on his shirt. Maybe the back is a little bit of a better way to see it, or not, since it's not super high quality. Um, I don't know if I can up the quality of my camera uh, as far as this. Yeah, I'm not going to bother there. Uh, it's but yeah. also it's the uh, the one true Blacktron, not Blacktron two. Did I say it was Black Trans? No, you didn't. But no, oh, okay. Sorry. Was, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. One of the first times we we're getting that Blacktron One logo again in in reference. Not a like the there's been CMFs that have been Blacktron associates and had the Blacktron One yeah. and yeah, Two logo. This is this might be the first time we've got it in reference. Like we had the Fabuland fan and the Blacktron Two fan. Yeah, and, that, yeah, very good. Uh, like the Galador shirt and different things like that. So it is pretty nice to to kind of, I don't know, like it's if if you're going to be uh, conspiracy theorying things, I suppose that there's, there's been a that's, a that's a lot of reference to um, to Blacktron in a very short period of time, which is uh, which I suppose is interesting. I wonder if they're willing to push something like that because they're willing to maybe do some more with that or if it's just just for the hell of it and it's just kind of something that is just eh, let's throw them a bone every once in a while and actually let me uh let me share my screen real quick just like so i do have a picture of it in our group chat that i will share uh right over here just so you can you guys can see the different logos that they have here 
which I thought were actually very, very cool. And I can't and get the, the figure on the game is I forget what series that is, Galaxy. but it's uh, it's it's an older uh, CMF, and by older I mean you know within the last year or two. And, yep, I will. I guess I can show that as well if I stop sharing. Just for anyone interested, stupid left versus it's surprisingly difficult to get less left versus right on this when you're so used to the other way around don't ever back up a trailer <laughs> shockingly i can do that much better than i can do this <laughs> but that is it for me how about you ralph how was your week i i don't know Let, let's start by saying you know we're what 17 minutes into the show why don't we ask the question who the hell am i <laughs> uh, who's this guy you're you're at ralph underscore bricks clearly oh okay is that all we need yeah, you um, have shelves of lego in your bedroom it looks like yeah i i do right like so a half my bedroom is my store for bricklink and brick owl and the other half is for sleeping and uh part <laughs> of it is also for where i work uh, i work remotely so like I, I pretty much sit here all day but uh i'm ralph i, I yeah like like these guys said i i uh I, you can find me on Instagram at Ralph's Bricks. Uh, I run I run a store, a very small store compared to uh, Chris's store, fifty thousand bricks. So, can you remember those days, Chris? Um, <laughs> I remember being in like the two hundred thousand range for a while, and then in the five hundred thousand range for a while. I I honestly don't remember being under a hundred thousand parts. I don't know if it's just I was buying so much at that time that I kind of went right past it mm. with with limited sales, so it didn't ever like drive my number down. But I I don't remember I don't remember those times. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> so so these guys asked. Uh, it would also have been on. like eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah, right, right. These guys put out a call asking if anybody was interested in being a guest or, or hosting, and I, I said I'd be interested in guest hosting, and I was surprised to get a get a chat from Chris earlier today to, to be on the show, so thank you guys for, for having me. We're very um, happy to have you on here. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is actually a good week for me to talk about like what I've actually got for LEGO, because I actually wasn't buying anything over the summer. We were, we were doing a lot of trips, so like I... I I was putting all my money back into uh, uh, the trips that we were doing. But uh, uh, this week, I actually invested quite a bit of money into into sets. And so I got three of the uh, 20th, century, 20th anniversary Star Wars sets. So I got the uh, Imperial Dropship, uh, the Andri Anakin's Pod Racer, the, uh, and the Snowspeeder. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> I can share it if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to open an Instagram. And, uh, hey. Jump I'll, screen share it. I'll, I'll screen share Instagram it if you, is listening. if you want to pull yeah, yeah. me up. Chris. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Flintstones also. Yeah, yeah, they they were a good price on Amazon, so I got I grabbed a couple there. Uh, the, uh, the the Quantum Quantum Realm ex Explorers. Uh, that's an older set, but basically these are all going to be parted out. Um, and then, uh, in addition, I, get, I also bought for the first time ever. I, I decided to buy a case of the uh, Series 19 CMFs, and so they're ah, on. Nice. They're, they're on their way. I I thought they had a pretty good uh, amount of accessories, so I was going to part those out after oh, I take one. Oh, good luck to you, Yeah. 
after I take one set for myself and then uh, I'll, I'll figure out what to do with the rest of them. But I was pretty excited about those. Someday you'll have to come to terms with what do you keep and what do you sell? Yeah. Someday. <laughs> so this is what, uh, this is what Ralph's page looks like for anybody who is uh, on the, <laughs> checking out the screen right now. Let me, okay. uh, get like off, let me get off the screen share now. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for putting that up. No problem. There you go. And back. And we're back. Hey. <laughs> we know that you love leaving comments on our videos, and then you love even more when we read them to you and take up a whole long time doing so. So that's exactly what we're going to do right now. <clears throat> I was listening to Forever Sorting with Kevin A. Hinkle, and he mentioned that he fell behind on building up to it. And you could tell that he fell behind because he usually comments on every episode, and he hasn't commented in a while, like a month and a half. So many hashtags uh, that were missed. <laughs> oh, speaking of hashtags, I have breaking news. Breaking news. You remember when I got a comment that was just gang, gang? And then we turned that into um, a hashtag or something because we just didn't understand such a nonsensical comment to make on a YouTube video. Did we talk about it specifically on the show and just forget? <laughs> Apparently. That seems like something yeah. we would do. <laughs> Apparently, it's a song, a hip-hop song, and that's how little I care about the <laughs> things the Child Army is interested in, because it, it went months, months <laughs> as like a recurring hashtag in Kevin's comments, as well as just things we spout out, and none of us knew, none of us knew why, why those words we put together. Now, now we know. Thank you for having interests so far from ours and also watching this video. Shout out to eight weeks, I guess. I guess. And uh, um, Fresh Communications. I just had to get that in there because I, I discovered it. And you should have seen me. I, I, just, I just threw whatever I was holding them. Well, goddamn. <laughs> now we know. Poor, poor Lego Death Star just smashed all over. <laughs> Might have been, or the uh, motorized walker. So uh, we're going to work with the most recent comment and kind of go backwards until we feel like that's old news or we want to stop. So Scott, uh, he liked the topics. He's never bought off BrickLink, but he thinks from a seller's point of view, a minimum order is quite reasonable. Time and money are the time and money spending on picking a order, especially in the size of Clutch's store, would be very time-consuming. I agree with 1995 moving forward. <laughs> Ralph, Which, what do you think um, about the, a minimum purchase requirement as you I, are also a Brinkley seller? At my size, I, I, I like the small, small orders. So um, I, I don't, I don't have a minimum order and I'll, I'll take those small ones all day long. Do you do a, uh, like a handling charge if it doesn't get up to a certain dollar amount or anything like that? I, I uh, with the new USPS rate, um, chart that, that came out. Uh, I know, right? Brickell handles to be regional. Brickell <laughs> handles it really well, so that you can actually put in the the rate chart in there. But um, and so I do that plus plus a dollar fifty, and then with uh, uh, Bricklink, I do a flat rate, and then that that's enough to handle um, yeah the the some of the fees and a little bit of the the supplies and stuff. So makes sense. 
Have yeah. you been selling on BrickLink long enough to know the time before instant checkout or any sort of automation? A little bit. Uh, I hated it. Yes, <laughs> I did not. I did not like waiting for uh, for an invoice to be paid. So I, yeah, I jumped right awesome. on instant as soon as it came. When I joined BrickLink, they had auctions and Ooh. they had a chat room, both of which have gone away since then. I didn't even know about the auctions. That's interesting. The auctions probably went away in 2010. Something like what, that. What was the reason for the chat room? Just to increase the community or to try to like yeah, negotiate? Yeah, it, was, it was like the, the forum was a thing and the chat room was a thing. And now everyone who used to live in the chat room just kind of uses the forum more or doesn't use anything at all. But it was just a community thing and you can go in the chat room and everyone's shooting the shit all day long, every day. Did you ever use it yourself? A little bit. A little bit. There's this guy, Ralph, who was in there 24-7. He had like he had the record for longest time in the chat room because <laughs> there's, a, there's a page on BrickLink, deep in the deep BrickLink, where you can see all of your personal activity as far as like orders and and um, change submissions and chat room time and forum posts and everything everything you've done both uh, commercially and non-commercially on Bricklink and he had like the record for longest time in the chat because that was just that was his life. <laughs> Shout out to Ralph. Hope he didn't kill himself. Jesus. <laughs> the chat went down because uh, that's back when Bricklink kept getting hacked because no one was watching over the website and the internet was a change in. So they're like, let's just get rid of this chat because it's more mm. troublesome than it's worth. Just like the apparently the, the word with the, um, the auctions was that it wasn't bringing in enough money in the BrickLink cut of all the sales from the auctions to be worth the upkeep of that portion of the site or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. That makes sense. Again, it's, it's all about money, man. It's all about that bottom line. Um, what were we talking about? Comments? Comments. All right. <laughs> I think we started this segment like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beamsville Bricks. Thanks for the show, guys. Great content. I love the discussion about BrickLink buying or selling. I agree with the minimum buy being a psychological block to getting orders. I did a $10 minimum in my BrickLink store to slow orders. It did slow them down a bit. I have since removed after removed the minimum after Chris's Instagram post. I'm getting an increase in orders, but for me, they are under $10. Only two are, only two are under $1. The Canadian market may be a bit different with, <laughs> with shipping parameters here. But the increase in orders is moving parts and clearing drawers. Where is Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that out of the corner of my eye and I laughed early. Um, I don't so know. So the Canadian Matt? thing is where like the their shipping requirements are like it has to be like flat, That's like to, to fit in a mail yeah. slot, right? Is that what it was? Something something yeah. that level? If you, whenever you order from Canada and you're in the U.S. and you get a package and everything is everything is the uh, like a one line, layer deep <laughs> dimensional surface everything is meticulously packed and how much money could they be saving in the postage to be worth 
aligning all the parts into strips. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't imagine doing it. But then again, I don't. So that's why I can't imagine yeah. it, I guess. <laughs> also, I, I, think, I think the minimum might have something to do with the size of your store. Like if you have a small store, you're going to get small orders just because your, your quantities are necessarily lower. Your variety is necessarily lower. I think uh, that that minimum price and the effect it'll have on your store is proportionate to the size of your store. Yeah. Your so threshold for, for me kills yeah, it. Okay. $10 from you might not kill. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say it's a. I mean, the, the, your threshold for small order uh, might be different when when you have a smaller store versus when you have your store. Yeah, when you don't get it, when you don't get like ten ten orders a day, and you're like maybe one order a day. Like those those small orders are are nice just to do something. Yeah, it adds up. I want to see the unedited version of this one. Can it show Ooh. me? Ooh. <laughs> Why can't it show me the original? Dick pic. <laughs> oh well. Now he um, really wants to see it. <laughs> There's your hashtag for today. <laughs> see, see what that pulls up. <laughs> what did I say? I was saying. Uh, he's like, why, why can't I find the unedited version? So it's a dick pic. Oh yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a. It's a text comment. So I don't. <laughs> well, you could draw a dick with like characters. <laughs> um, it's an Lego a, dude. Says, signs this podcast is pretty bad. <laughs> so I really want to know what he said first. I bet it was. I bet it was so much better to begin with. I bet it was. Fuck you. <laughs> Post. <laughs> Maybe he was on that other podcast that you said uh, where you talked about like people who purport to have a, some sort of expertise on it, and then just but but go in randomly and then give their give their opinions on stuff they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, man, conjecture. <laughs> All right, bone shaker. Ooh, one, there he is. one. I, I wouldn't mind being a guest. However, I work nights when you record, so I doubt this will happen. Two, my store Arbco Bricks, great name by the way. Definitely going to spell that correctly. Has a ten dollar minimum buy. I don't want to waste my time pulling small orders. Get them. However, there's there's no lot limits or fees. Well, I don't have lot limits or fees either. When I had 15,000 parts, I got one order every six months. Now I have 115,000 parts. I get at least two orders a month. This month's up to five. So I don't know that minimum buys stop people. Three, I have gone through McDonald's drive through for a tea. <laughs> Four. Right. I do that too, by the way. It, that's crazy. <laughs> and he said, Four, 1995. <laughs> hey, it's their fault for making all drinks 99 cents, I suppose, right? Yeah, it's a dollar. I mean, come on. What's your time worth, man? How much how much time and and like fuel does it take to be in their drive-thru for a dollar soda versus like a dollar 40 soda somewhere else? Yeah, uh, I, I will I will say that um McDonald's particularly does like their their fountain drinks are different than just a bottle drink you can get at the gas station or whatever it is. It they is don't clean them. <laughs> <laughs> they do have their own proprietary kind of 
recipe for their stuff, and also they use different water. Uh, they do the they they dietary uh, recipe for the syrups for their sodas. Come on, Paul. Nope, I, I this is one hundred percent accurate. Um, they own the recipe to everything that they do. That and in, that included. So it is. It is the rest. The, it the could secret be, McDonald's recipe for Coke is don't clean the nozzles. It could be very slightly different, but it, but it is uh, it, it is their own that they have, and it's it's. Right, we're going to need an expert in this field. I have talked to someone who actually works in that field, and particularly with McDonald's as a buyer. So uh, so yep, that's that is that is accurate. Um, it is use, some kind of uh, like they use different water as well, as well, and so that could also feed into it, of course. And then the other part of it is the straw size is is also different, so it's it's uh, the, it allows a different amount, a different volume of of pop or soda to get in when you when you're drinking it. Dude, so the, the straw size doesn't matter; it's how you sip it. <laughs> could be true. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, compared to a a small or thin straw, it is. It uh, is that that went way over Paul's head. <laughs> oh no, I got it. Don't worry about it. Uh, waiting. Oh, no more one. No one minute news. If he's commenting. Hey, hey. You know, have we ever considered that it's just waiting? I suppose like, it could be. And, and they kind of stylized it. Could be. Could be. We just saw me it. Asian and uh, assuming. <laughs> you, you being Asian and me being. Um, not a good person. I just looked. I was like, "Oh yeah, they're Asian." Sure. <laughs> Whiting. Let's see it, dude. <laughs> he might just be waiting. Uh, I like the new look of Streamyard and love whenever Andrew is on the show. He brings an artist perspective that is good balance to Clutch's more business-minded approach. The balance makes for a good discussion, though the others are missed. Appreciate the work that goes into the spreadsheets and brackets. All right, waiting. <laughs> we love you too. He loves Andrew, so he's Asian. Confirmed. I guess having me just tips the scale the wrong way. Asian confirmed. He loves Andrew. <laughs> um, Chad's Brick Hobby says, great show. That is a thumbs up. Thanks, Chad. Is that you, Paul? Thumbs up on all the comments? It is not. Okay. Somebody's been... I mean, I hope it's not somebody thumbing up their own comment. That's is so it you? <laughs> it's your channel. No, it's, it's. I don't think it's me. <laughs> I, I don't think I did that. Um, I love whenever I get a really negative comment on one of my videos. There's instantly a thumbs. There's a thumbs up on that comment. I'm like, did you just throw some shade and <laughs> thumb up your own comment? Do your homework, kids. Schools in session. <laughs> it really helps us out. Uh, Scott says, I agree with 2016 winning this one. We need another Clutch Powers movie. I mean, I don't know. That was just a 45-minute commercial. As way, more to hour and way, half more, uh, way more than the Lego movie was. <laughs> uh, Walter Jackson. That's a new one. I'm one of those grown men you love. I'm one of those grown men who love Technic construction builds. Also, many other Lego themes. I'm surprised you didn't mention the idea of the Lego Star Wars movie. My wife's idea, by the way. Great podcast, guys. Thank you, Walter. Lego Star Wars movie. They've I done plenty of those like direct-to-DVD short movies that are Lego Star Wars. They even had some TV specials that were Lego Star Wars. I guess uh, it would be a longer one of them, right? Like um, 
think they were like a Yoda Chronicles one. I that think. was a TV one versus a DVD one. I mean, it did come out on DVD, but it was TV first, I think. And um, like, do they had, did they do some stuff that was like the the DC ones where some were like cutscenes from video games that were kind of put and turned into a, into a movie, and then like I think they had, then they decided to just do like a short one. Like I think there's a Lego Batman or. I think it's the Lego Batman one. Um, that is something similar to that. Not like the Lego movie Batman, but like Lego Batman and that kind of art style. I think there's one that I see at Walmart whenever I go. So the li- the licensing restrictions on that. I believe you're it. correct. I think I think you're you're correct in that like it's an additional licensing fee to 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 come up with the original content, like uh, storyline wise with Star Wars characters. So I think um I don't know. Yeah, they can only put it on Disney Plus at this point. Yeah, <laughs> also true. <laughs> Have you guys ever bought? I don't know how much media you buy. I know Paul, you buy too I much do. media. But <laughs> have you ever bought a Netflix show season on DVD and then immediately gone, "Why the hell did I buy this on DVD?" <laughs> uh, the only times that I've done that, um, I've done that. I've done it, and it's the Marvel Netflix stuff. Comes with zero special features or extra features. Usually, I get it. I get my my physical media for the special features. Um, so, Arrested Development being one has a bunch of like director commentary and all that kind of stuff. In addition to the fact that I love the show, um, I think uh, Stranger Things had an amazing kind of target packaging um, for it, and then also had a lot of special features too. Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, another one. Netflix original has has special features. However, these are all things you bought. Yes, mm-hmm. these are. However, the Marvel Netflix stuff has no special features, and it is quite literally just a physical version of something that I could have just streamed with a click or two, uh, and that was yeah. a little disappointing. Uh, I, I got kind of, I, I felt a way about that one. However, with my desire to have like the collection of all the MCU stuff when those were very much integral as parts of the MCU kind of in bulking out that, those side stories. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Uh, however, once I, once I got past like the second one, so daredevil season one and two, and then punisher, I think, Oh no, not punisher. One other one, maybe it was Jessica Jones. Cause I love that one too. Um, but other than that, I was like, Nope, no more. So I don't have iron fists. I don't have defenders. I don't have Luke cage. Like I was just like, no, nah. I'm surprised they put those out. Like, where where did you see that? Amazon. Okay, because I, I I bought. I'm a I'm a dummy. I bought Master of None. Oh, I have that one, one too. Yeah, I've got that one. But it this looks like it has no special features, and also why did I buy it? I enjoyed the show, but also uh, I'm <laughs> I'm Asian, so <laughs> I'm predisposed to like like. There's an episode in there that I love more than most other episodes of any other TV show that I've seen. Uh, so uh, that's the reason why I got that. I know the one. I know the episode. Yep. It's a good show, but that is 100% monetary dead end. Just I won't buying argue that. that on DVD. That is money gone, never to come back. Ever. Yep, I won't argue that at all. You're absolutely right on that. But I, I also I, like physical media. <laughs> I switched to digital a few years ago, so I buy everything on iTunes or Amazon. So. I'm having a hard time coming to grips that with the fact that cars don't come with CD players in them anymore. It is a little weird. <laughs> Apparently, I have one of the last ones. I have a 2014. It'll be paid off in November, and it has a CD player. But I, I didn't realize that 
right after that, they stopped including CD players. And I still buy CDs from time to time. Wow. A band I really like, like a, a small band that I really like, and they're putting out the CD. And I, I don't think you can beat the sound system of your own car. If you have an apartment like I do, and you don't have a home to, to you know, to bump it in, <laughs> the, the car is the best place you have to listen to something. It is. It is pretty great. I have a 2015 Altima, and I have a CD player in mine as well. Um, uh, what color is your Altima? It's, it's it's black, like every other Altima on the road. With, with the black <laughs> interior too? No, I don't have a black interior. I've got a I've got a tan interior. <laughs> your mistake. You just might, you must not like it when it gets hot outside. That, that's, that's it. That is exactly it, and the exact reason for it. Uh, I have yeah, the 2014 Altima <laughs> with the black on black. Ah, fancy and hot. To go along with mm-hmm. your your black t-shirt, that's right. I do not have an Altima. Sorry, guys. Oh, almost a trifecta. Yeah. Have <laughs> you ever been driving and there's like an Altima in front of you and an Altima behind you because everyone has Altimas? Everyone does indeed have an Altima, and they're all black, and it makes it nearly impossible to walk out of a store into Dude, the. I, I, don't, I tried to get into another Altima at Kohl's the other day. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> I, I've I've literally pulled up the handle like what the hell. That's not. This isn't my. This isn't our car seat. It's someone else. hanging from my mirror. <laughs> Who hung that, that in my car? mirror? <laughs> I swore I had a toy in there. It's, <laughs> it's difficult. Like I see the appeal of getting an aftermarket paint job where it's some crazy color. Because <laughs> man, have I walked up to way too many Maximas and uh, like Camrys and the 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 Acura one that looks like the Altima. <laughs> Man, have I walked up to too many. Whoa. You walk up and you get this like overwhelming uh, embarrassment and like paranoia. You're like, I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) You got to play it off. You just got to laugh at yourself. Otherwise, people who saw you do it will laugh at you. So if you laugh at yourself (laughs) audibly or visibly, then they'll be like, ah. He gets it. He's he's all right. He's he's cool. He's not trying to play it off like nothing happened. Or you just yeah. book, you book into a full sprint. Doesn't matter where your car is. You're not you're not taking any car that day. The only person not laughing is the owner of that actual car. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully they're still shopping. <laughs> uh, we got more Bone Shaker. Uh, regarding the Transformers guest panel episode two weeks ago. Now three. Now probably eight. Uh, <laughs> There was a discussion about the extra parts in a set. Remember that? I don't. I, I remember asked, the Transformers panel. I remember the, the extra parts. Like whether, the I think it was yeah. if it would be considered complete still if you didn't have the extra pieces. All right. Bone Shaker says, I ask, are those extra parts on the list at the back of the instructions? If, they, if not, they don't count. If they are accounted for, then they are. I, I don't like know. That. I have better things to do with my time, like <laughs> reassembling this grand emporium from a bulk lot. Hashtag ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Although he used the apostrophe in ain't, so it ruined the whole hashtag. Um, <laughs> hashtag no, AI. the extra parts are not in the inventory in the back of the instructions, which is a sound argument for them not being needed for the set to be complete. But hey, if you're trying to sell used sets on BrickLink, you should probably put them somewhere else, like eBay or Facebook or yard sale. I don't know. <laughs> I started by selling sets on BrickLink, and it worked because I got rid of those sets. But 
I think Bricklink is a place for parts. It's the I I would say without any research, it is the most commonly bought and sold type of product on Bricklink. Parts. Oh, I'd have to imagine that to be true, right? Just by sheer volume, it's got to be. It's got to be right. Minifigures. Uh, I hear that minifigures do really well, but I would think minifigures can do better for somebody on other platforms. Mm. You you could sell the same amount as Bricklink, but you could sell them for more on other platforms, and that would be a reason to sell them on other platforms versus on Bricklink. Shout out to eBay. Yeah. Well, I always uh, figured that they sold them for more because the, the fees are more on those platforms. Uh, mostly it's the way that I always look at it is um, like certainly for something like eBay, you can sell them for more because those are people who are not as into the community, as deep in the community. So they probably don't know. They don't necessarily know about, uh, they don't know about Bricklink. They don't know about casual. Exactly. Exactly. what it is. They're casual. (laughs) Like if, say you're selling Transformers, you go in the Cybertron Cafe and have it twenty dollars more than retail. They'll they'll laugh you out of out of the cafe. However, you can put it up on eBay for sixty over retail and probably still sell it, whatever it might be. Uh, Bone Shaker says, "Sorry, I didn't spell galleon correctly. I don't speak <laughs> Spanish. In fact, my English is questionable at best." <laughs> Hashtag good looking out, bro. Hashtag balls in, <laughs> which I I truly don't remember that one. Balls in was me because it, it was uh, being uh, balls deep or all in ended up being balls in for me. <laughs> um, I think it was when I got balls in back into Lego. It was, it was when I when I immediately jumped back in. I was balls in. <laughs> uh, Walter Jackson says 2017 gets my vote. I know I'm late, but that was a great year. If I jump over the bracket, did it win? Uh, it did not. What was it against? 1993. Uh, let's see. And then, uh, Paul says, Grand Emporium has a completed interior. You might be thinking of the cafe corner. That's true. This Paul. (laughs) (laughs) That was you. All right. I think that's, I I think that's plenty. We're getting back to the point where I kind of remember reading these or thinking about them. Chris so, doesn't typically read out my comments, so the fact that he did, I feel honored that my comment was read out on the air. <laughs> I, wanted to sh- I wanted to show the people that even Paul comments on his own video saying that I said something wrong. Well, it's only the parts that I'm not actually on the show for, so I'll comment on an episode I'm not on, or if it's like the first 20 minutes and I'm, and I'm coming in a little bit late, then I'll comment on the earlier stuff just to show that I'm listening to the things that I might not be present at. <laughs> oh, when are you going to hook us up with a rapid fire? Uh, well, we had, the, as far as the rapid fire go, they did it when it was probably the last show that Matt was on. <laughs> probably. Yeah. And we had Spiros on there as well. He's in the wind. <laughs> uh, thoughts um, so, and shares and Care Bears to, to Matt. So, wherever he may be. I was listening to another podcast that I, I hate listening to, and that's not <laughs> that's not me saying I hate listening to it. I hate listen, like with a hyphen. <laughs> um, it's like hate watching. I used to uh, I used to hate listen 
doesn't doesn't sound as good as Hate Watch. I used to hate watch uh, All Sorted, the podcast, until <laughs> I got through the whole thing, and then I'm, like, I'm done. I used to hate watch uh, Bed Bath and Bionicle until it was all done. <laughs> got through it. I'm just I'm I'm combing through. I'm mining for ideas. I'm making sure that no one knows as much as I do about anything, and. <laughs> And uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Bricks and Bits because um, it's one of the only, if not the only, other regular podcast with Lego as the topic where it happens every week or almost every week. A lot of them have fizzled out or are more infrequent. So that one I was listening, listening to and they were doing a Brick Set trivia challenge on Lego Pirates. And pirates in general is a vintage theme because they haven't done pirates in a number of years. And the most recent pirate themed sets were all licensed Pirates of the Caribbean type things. So pirates proper, I would say overall is a vintage theme. And uh, the guys in the show are younger than I am. So they're younger than all of us. And I, uh, they didn't think they'd get many of the questions right. And they didn't. But I was wondering how much weight in uh, you being a Lego authority does Lego history hold? Does it matter if you know what happened in the 70s and the 80s and 90s for Lego when they put out such a rich catalog of items now? See, Paula, where did that better? Well done. <laughs> you, you've refined it down. Well, very well done. Um, I didn't even plan it. I didn't even write anything down. Oh, that's off the cuff. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, Ralph, let's start with you. Um, when, before we even get, get to answering the question, when did you kind of get into Lego? Um, did you have kind of a dark age? And when did you kind of get back into it if you did have that kind of dark age there? Uh, let's see. So when I was a kid, I had like we didn't have a lot of Lego. We I would buy the little little sets, you know, like the forty fifty piece sets. That was it, you know. I had maybe a shoebox. Actually, my mom just gave it back to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Part it out. Yeah, Part the shoe. That, that was it. That was my Lego collection. The shoe, the shoe oh, don't show Tyler their shoes. Yeah. Tyler loves uh, shoes. I bet you Tyler could tell you what shoes came in that box just from that side. <laughs> Him and Pinkerton both. The side without a label on it. <laughs> Shoes! Uh, so uh, I did that, and then um, I got back into Lego about three years ago. I was looking, you know, uh, I live in Rochester, New York. The winters here suck. And so, like, middle of January, you're like, I, I, like I said, I work from home. So, like, you know, I need something to do, right? And so I walked by the Lego store in our in our local mall, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I went in and bought the Venice architecture set because we had just been to Venice. And uh, brought it home. It was like $30. Brought it home, built it in an hour. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't worth 30 bucks. <laughs> uh, so, so then I found uh, Rebrickable.com, right, which is uh, where uh, some mock designers put up uh, uh, similar designs. You can download the instructions, uh, collect the pieces. That's where I found Bricklink. You know, I was buying some pieces. Uh, up there, I've got a uh, 1989 Batmobile. I thought that was really interesting, but I was really interested in, in uh, you know, the, the Bricklink side of the side of things, and I thought that was interesting. And uh, I, I think I bought a book. I think I bought a book first on Amazon about how to how to do it, and then I found 
uh, Chris's videos on at called Ask Clutch and watched all those and eventually just started doing this. And I, I've, I get more enjoyment of this as a hobby selling than I do building, but I, I still build too. Like a, a lot of the Lego idea stuff is, is, um, interesting to me, like the Saturn V and the, uh, the, the, well, the Lunar Lander's not, but the, uh, Vol Voltron, oh, those are sort of the sets that I'm into. It's saving up right now for that Millennium Falcon before it goes away. I think it, it'll probably it, stick it might never go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, but it, it, it's interesting. As Sorry, a tangent ahead. real quick to that, interestingly enough, um, I was talking to somebody recently about the the, the cardboard like hand truck, the one-time use hand <laughs> truck that they gave out with the Falcon mm. if you bought it day one. I couldn't find a peep of it on eBay or on BrickLink. You think just everyone who bought that Falcon just threw away the hand truck? I mean, it's it's cardboard with some wheels on it. Let's let's mm. let's not kid ourselves. It might have even been like really attached to the box, the shipper for the set. Um, but I couldn't find any mention of it. I would think that is like a hot commodity for some some like Lego fanatic, yeah, fanatic collectors. Yeah, like, hell, I want it. I don't even want the set. I want the hand truck. <laughs> Just like put it on the wall. Be like, you know what that is? I'll tell you a story, boy. Yeah, that's right. That'll go on the wall. Not not the Falcon itself, but with that box, <laughs> the hand truck will go there. <laughs> How but far I have you gotten on your Falcon, by the way? Any further? Mine? Yeah. Uh, mine's already sold, man. Okay. I, didn't, I just remember you were going to build it with the live Eric stream. Eric and I you built got about a quarter it, through. And <laughs> yeah. then I gave it to Derek to finish. Uh -huh, and when he finished, go. he bought it. <laughs> Falcon's gone, man. That ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah, my biggest worry about getting it is like, where the hell would I put it? That's the thing. And That's I mounted it to the ceiling. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, when it's, when it's just grabbed on the back of that Star Destroyer. Yeah, <laughs> like the rest along with the rest of the garbage um I, if if slash one i get one it'll i'll probably have to do the uh coffee table thing that's really I, I can't think of any other way that i could possibly devote that much um horizontal space to it without also being able to use the same horizontal space right above it <laughs> so that's going to be the only way that i can do it i think and uh I I'd be scared to put it up on the wall because we've got cats, and I know one of the cats will not catch it off, and it'll come home to 8,000 pieces all over the floor. <laughs> How likely would you be to fix it? Like, to build it again? Oh, totally. I would totally build it again. That's the whole point, is that you can build them up again. Like that, what's the, that's I, don't, I think that becomes less of the point when the set gets to that size. Well, I think it's not necessarily, like... The, well, then, if at the very least, for a set that size, it being complete is the is the point of having that set. Like that, that's the draw at the very least. So, like, a big bucket of parts is not going to do me any good. It would be useless for me um, if if it wasn't built. Um, that, so there, there'd be no point in me keeping it if it was just that. I, I can get that much bulk much cheaper than getting it via the, the UCS Falcon to route to get that many pieces. If, if I bought it and I built it and I displayed it, then it got smashed. I would just, I'd be like, somebody come get this. <laughs> At least I'll, I'll say it's 99% complete. I'll be, be one of those people. Uh, it's, it's all there, but just to be safe, I'll say it's 99% complete. It's yours. I don't think I could go through that a second time. 
<laughs> I have not yet built it, so I can't say um, how how grueling a build it is or how fun a build it is. Uh, I'll assume that it's somewhere in the middle. To be fair, hey, Paul, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna come into your home. I'm gonna you're gonna be cracking open a Lego set, and the instructions are there. I'm just gonna take the instructions and run and be like, <laughs> "Have fun, damn it!" <laughs> I don't know if I could do the uh, the Falcon without instructions. You're uh, not supposed to do the Falcon. You're just supposed to build whatever you want and have fun. I'm not going to buy the Falcon and not build the Falcon. <laughs> I'm not going to buy the Falcon for parts. If I have uh, like my just part boxes, sure. <laughs> but I didn't say it was the Falcon. I just meant any set. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, that you were. I assumed you were referring to the Falcon particularly. I wasn't. I was. I was honestly <laughs> referring to you getting your next architecture set or something. Uh, those are also ones I'll keep together. But other stuff, I don't really care. I'll, I'll I'll free build the other stuff. It's not a problem. But again, the architecture ones are there. Yeah, for but you you would try today. to build it like it's shown on the box, but without the instructions. You wouldn't just build whatever you want. Uh, I'd say the first time through, yeah, I probably would. <sighs> this is Space Venice. Build Venice, crazy Venice. Don't just build regular Venice. <laughs> I, I won't fault that. Sure, <laughs> I'll, I'll. I I could certainly do that. I, I probably wouldn't go anywhere near Venice. Is probably what I would likely do. I would that's do that's fine. Well, what the hell were we talking about? <laughs> Lego history. Yes, oh, that was like eight <laughs> minutes ago. Should yeah, you call. know it? Lego history. Should you know it, or does it not matter because it's old? It's ancient history. Well, my thoughts on it are that if you purport yourself to be an expert on all things Lego, then certainly uh, it, it, it would certainly behoove you to know and to learn the history of it. If you're just going to be a straight up news, like a, like a news um, outlet for it, you can learn, a, you can know a lot about the specific sets that, that are coming out, the new stuff that's coming out. And because they're so prolific now, you can, you can have it reference the more recent stuff. So Kind of like with, again, I'll go back to Transformers. They usually have like a three-year and done kind of a thing. They'll focus on a three-year patch of kids. And then after that, they'll focus on the next three-year, uh, the, the next six to eight-year-old kids uh, again. Like, the, like they, they, they won't necessarily keep them long-term. That's not the business model. And there are, there are the collectors that they've got, which are going to be there regardless. But their focus really is to draw in the new uh, three-year three batch of kids and then and then and then that's it so you could if you wanted to be kind of the news um the the, the news outlet be, just be focusing on the recent stuff and yourself can all reference the more recent things in here you can you can reference here's the here's the x-wing that just came out and you could even reference it to the previous x-wing that came out and you could still get along fine and i, and I think people would be they they the, the newer people into the hobby would be like, okay, thanks. That, that's that been helpful. I, I like seeing how it's changed. The, the minifigure has changed from this year to that compared to that time. Or I like to see how they did, uh, how, how, the, how they did the wings or how they did the, the shape of the cockpit this time versus how they used to. However, I think if you certainly, if you have the, the, the historical knowledge, it makes it a much more rich topic then. And, and you, you can, you can really go all the way back and say, Look how different things have come. Look how far things have come. Uh, there, there are a couple of accounts on Instagram that I follow that like to show. Here's the evolution of all the the Princess Leia figures uh, from from the very first one to the most recent one. And I think, I, personally, I find that to be much more fascinating to see all the different iterations of it. But it's also I, a weird flex. 
<laughs> I also am one of those. I, 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 I'm a collector. So that, 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 that is intriguing to the collector part of my brain. The, it, it also makes me like, huh, I kind of want to have all those different Princess Leia's now or something like that. And so the collector's OCD in me is, is, is triggered there. And, and it makes like, hmm, that, that's interesting. How would things look if I had all those on the shelf or something like that, something to that level? Um, so I find that to be actually much more interesting to have that, that depth of knowledge there. Uh, and certainly if you don't know anything about the history, uh, you, you can't do anything like that. You can't even compare Pirates of the Caribbean to Pirates. You can only compare it to the previous iteration of Pirates of the Caribbean. So it's At World's End versus, I don't know, Pirates of the Caribbean 1. Like it, 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 You can only compare those two, which is still valid if you're comparing things. But to really see how far it's come and the difference that, that, that we've had um, that, that, and the, the kind of advances that they've made in Lego design and minifigure design and, and all that stuff there is completely lost on you. So there, there's a level of appreciation that is not there. And it's not that you don't appreciate it. It's just there's a, it, it goes deeper when you really know the history and you know kind of the roots of where things came from. I I. I always remember uh, Chris talking about like old old parts and old old sets, and he had the knowledge of of a lot of that to be able to like go through like a a box of bulk and like be able to pick out like these old pieces that he knew like were um, unique, right? Like they were only in one set, right? But because he knew knew that knowledge, um, I I recently picked up this this. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. The right. Look. See, it is hard, isn't it? Yeah. This, yeah. You guys, you guys heard of this magazine? I just, I just picked it up. Um, yeah. Gardens of Dome. Well, it's was fifteen freaking dollars, which yeah, they're expensive. Lego magazine, uh, cheap. But they had this this retired pieces section in there, and they were talking oh, about wow. like they just picked like one one random piece, right? The the large grill piece here, and talked about like uh, you know what they used it for, like they they used it for like like bigger pieces um they used it for uh you know castles kinds of things That's uh, and, talk, and, and like they talked about how they phased it out for uh for a different type of set so that that piece number was 6046 and they uh they have a new and improved uh element 89519 it, it was really interesting I, I thought i thought it was really cool um you know and then uh yeah uh, I mean, just just learning that kind of stuff about retired pieces and why why they chose those pieces for for different sets, uh, I thought was really interesting. I don't know how well that will that knowledge equates to, to what what you're going to do in terms of collecting or selling or, or that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's all interesting knowledge. It is actually very interesting. It's it's one of those things that you normally would not think about. Um, again, if if you don't have that knowledge, you don't really care. Like if if you don't have that historical kind of viewpoint it doesn't it really doesn't matter like okay they don't have this piece anymore short of i'm trying to build this set and i can't find that one piece anymore because it's been retired and it now costs 30 dollars a piece that's really the extent of kind of where you would go with it um if you don't really care about why uh if you don't have that that if that desire to know that information there but I think that's actually pretty fascinating. And, and one of the reasons that I enjoy being on the show so much is because we get to tap into Chris's wide breadth of knowledge when it comes to that stuff in, in particular. Um, and we, also, we had an episode on, on Lego periodicals. 
Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about that. Um, and then every time, like, certainly now, just kind of uh, for the more recent, when we do the kind of clutch madness, like get a historical year versus a current year, um, I have much more knowledge and understanding of the, the current stuff. And short of how the older years, how the vintage years kind of, uh, kind of trigger certain memories for me. Like that's really the extent of it. Like when I was, when I was a kid, I didn't care about this brick or this brick or, or what that piece or anything like that. I just loved Blacktron or I loved the space police series and, and, and stuff like that. And so I didn't know where it was, where it fell in the, in the history of space sets or it's that, that, that sets importance in, in the history of Lego and, and kind of what we got to only now as an adult, do I appreciate that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of one of the reasons why when I go through um, the, the bracket, Chris, Chris sends us um, like, here are the pictures that I'm going to use. And, and, and I, I take notes on them, but I, I always reserve my judgment for when Chris goes over the pictures, particularly for the more vintage sets, because um, I could just go by. I have of the of the 25 pictures you sent, I have 18 of those from 2017. And then of the ones that you sent from 1994, I only have one of those, and so so clearly the the recent year wins. Like, but but there there are plenty of things that I think that I try, I try to judge it based on what they've done for Lego. So if it was, let's say, the first year of the first release of Blacktron or the first whatever, uh, th- that actually has more meaning to me than than just the the sheer number of sets I've bought now. Because it's, it's almost not an apples to apples comparison if because. I work now. I've got a job. My wife has a job. She also likes Lego. So we buy more sets now than I would have when I was a kid. Yes. And I I think that if you're going to be any sort of news source authority on Lego, I I would really only care to listen to your opinions uh, if you have the sound opinions that can only come from knowing the knowledge of the, the past of Lego. If you, if you only have what's in front of you to report on, I would much rather tune in to somebody who can draw some conclusions, anything from, from past knowledge than just here it is. Cause I can look at here it is, but I want, I want you to make some, some connection, something to stir within me with you delivering some new information. Like even, even if we don't, it's, it's about that expertise really. So when we had Gary on, um, I don't know what state he's in now. anymore. <laughs> Gary A from, from whatever state he's from. I don't we think he's about, in Florida yet. <laughs> well, certainly not now with the, with the, with the, with Dorian on his way very slowly. But when we talked about the Technic supercars, uh, he had a level of expertise that we didn't have, um, not not necessarily just from from the the Lego aspect, but he he being a car guy can can draw comparisons to things that we didn't really know about. I have just a very superficial understanding of that looks pretty cool. I like how it looks it looks rounded as opposed to square. Something something dumb like that. Something very very basic and very surface, but. Gary could actually speak with with expertise on the car design itself and how close it is to the actual car. Um, my nephew is the same way. I like the Speed Champion sets because I think they're pretty cool. They're, they're fun little cars to have. Um, they I, I like that they're minifigure scale and they look ridiculous driving around any sort of Lego city that I have because they're all supercars. But I think they're fun. And he looks at it as 
that's not really what that car looks like. The, the angles are all wrong and blah, blah, blah. Like he can do that stuff with it. And so he has that, that, that level of knowledge that, that I, that, that depth of knowledge that I don't have. Um, and so if I were to, if I were to, if I wanted to know how accurate this is to the actual model, or if, if one were to want to know how accurate those are to the actual model, they wouldn't come to me. They'll come to me if I think it's a fun set and had a cool, a cool build to it and how well it holds together. They would go to him to see if it was close at all to the actual Bugatti, or they'd go to, to Gary to see how, how close the, the Porsche is to the actual, the real Porsche that they had, like the real design um, at that, at that level. So if you want to purport to be any sort of, expert or share any sort of expertise on anything um, certainly you have to have that level of knowledge and if you don't have any of that historical knowledge and talking about specific how how these things are affecting lego and and what they're doing wrong or right or whatever um it, you it kind of falls flat without that w- without that that extra depth there here's maybe the better question paul um if you want that knowledge how do you go about learning all that for me, it's just being in the field for so long. But how would somebody now who doesn't have any knowledge of you know, Lego in the 90s or whatever, how would you go about learning what's what and getting some background information? I, I don't think I could recommend uh, an entire wall of DK books because they just they just publish what they publish. It's not always completely accurate. And a lot of times it's just the same kind of sensationalist stuff over and over again. Like, I bet you didn't know how expensive <laughs> this minifigure was. Yeah. Some list just, of that's the top not, 20 that's, most expensive minifigures. You won't that's believe not knowledge. That's like, that's like if you got your schooling from Buzzfeed, that's yeah. exactly what it is nowadays. I, not to put DK down. Cause they, I mean, it's, non-fiction you know encyclopedia type books it's good stuff it's knowledge but it's but is it the way you should learn well there's the certain way you ones learn? i think there's certain ones that are better than others in in that case and i think that's probably the most easily accessible so you just have to find the ones that you have to kind of mine the library for ones that, that might be good so it's not that you couldn't get anything good let's say you wanted to learn something about at least even even as specific as like the the CMF stuff, they had the they had one book I think that was just literally featured every minifigure from the first I 10 love series, minifigure or whatever something something like that. So if you wanted to know about the early CMF minifigures, that could be helpful. That that, that could be something that's good. Um, but in general, if you wanted to learn the history of the minifigure, let's say that wouldn't be at, at all helpful there. Um, there's, there's more to learning than just uh, memorizing, though. Like you can you can memorize every word in one of those DK books, but if you can't implement it in any way, then you didn't really learn any of it. There's no application. Yeah, yeah. Then then you're just spewing out facts, which doesn't really do any good other than the fact that you know the facts, I suppose. Uh, and if you can't apply it towards anything, then then it, it is ultimately useless it's not bad to know but it's ultimately doesn't go anywhere with it like, i suppose i was watching cheers last night as no. i want to do <laughs> no <laughs> and um woody is trying to beat carla in a uh sports history uh contest and he goes off the deep end studying and he winds up kind of breaking his brain where 
he just is regurgitating answers and anything that they say to him, he tangents off of that into a sports trivia answer. <laughs> and like, that's the end of the episode. They, they break him and it's done. But uh, they go, way to go, Woody. And then he rattles off some baseball player or something whose name, whose nickname was Woody and all of his stats and all that. And they're like, <laughs> calm down. And he talks about downs. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. He just, he just keeps tangenting like that. And it's like an essay exam. <laughs> that's almost how I feel about some of the people who their their Lego knowledge in entirety is from just pouring through the DK books. And it's like that's that's not knowledge, that's robotic regurgitation. So let me let me ask Robotics. you guys this question. What what's what's the important knowledge? Is it the knowledge of the, the history of the sets? Is it the knowledge of the history of specific parts? Is there, there seems like to be multiple layers of knowledge that you could have. What, what, what do you need? See, well, I'll, I, I'll even just say that's, that, that's part of it too. It depends on how you want to apply it. Like I can see like if, if you are, a let's say, a brickling seller, having an encyclopedic knowledge of all the, the parts is, is certainly being able to regurgitate, oh, that's this part, that's this part, that's this part can be helpful, certainly. Um, however, to take it a few steps past that, when you know which steps are now retired and and then, then, then you can gauge this color specifically as something that is very, very rare, like that that, that level of knowledge there, that, that kind of intimate level of knowledge will, will help you further. It's not just that you can then more quickly inventory uh, part whatever, six, nine, seven, four, it's knowing the specifics that, oh no, this one, is, this, this color and, and specifically for that one is much more valuable than that one because it's much more rare. This, has, this piece has been retired in this color for many, many years. It's only available in two sets. Like that, that there's another level that you can take that it would be much more helpful to have the, the historical knowledge as opposed to, again, regurgitating just the encyclopedic knowledge of the numbers, which is helpful, just not as in the, at that level there at that point. Mm-hmm. What was the question again? <laughs> there seems to be multiple levels of, of knowledge, like uh, the history of the sets or the history of a parts. So, like, what, what what kind of knowledge do you think is important? Uh, obviously, a well-rounded knowledge. I mean, you don't have to know what all the set numbers are, what all the part numbers are. I think it's just an experience-based knowledge is what you should have, and the best way to get that is honestly to to live through it or to at, at, if you can't do that, to pack on the knowledge uh, in chronological layers where you are you're experiencing what it's like to have new things in Lego and, and realize this is new and that is old, but this is this is now, but now will then be old. And just adding on, over time, I think is is a lot better to to understanding the changes and and the way the way Lego works over time versus just kind of learning everything at once. Or I wouldn't want to start with now and then and then learn backwards in 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 the years. I'm not sure what the the right knowledge to know is, but I I don't think. Memorizing a DK book really gets you anything, and I don't think only knowing the here and now, like you, you started trying to be an authority on Lego today with today's stuff. I don't think that makes you an authority. I think that, I think that makes you someone who can read and repeat. 
Well, yeah. I, I I've been doing this three years now, and so like I've I've built up my knowledge in three years, and so when I first started, it didn't. I didn't know anything, right? Like, so I had to build up the nomenclature, like what's a plate, what's a part, what's a brick, what's a what's a slope, and then identifying what 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 are the, all the modified pieces of those, um, and then you know I've I've been building up since then. <laughs> I was I was thinking about this earlier, like uh, when I first started, I I, rem I remember okay, I'm gonna gather all of the pieces that are very popular. Well, wh what do you think is the number one popular piece that gets sold? It's a friction it's pin. Yeah, exactly, right? And I'm like, I gotta collect all those. People are gonna buy them. I'm like, oh, how stupid! Was that? Yeah, right. There, there, there is a page on Bricklink that shows you like the 50 most sold parts in the most sold colors, something like that. Um, and it's, I don't think it's useful because it's like friction pins and then the hard way, basic way. plates and bricks in black, white, and gray, mm. and that's like the whole page. It's not very useful, right? Uh, yeah. But it's it's a little bit of data that Bricklink's willing to give you, even though you don't need it. Right, right. Well, what do you think? Uh, what do you what do you think you've learned in three years, and and how is it how has it helped you with what you do? Uh, I I think uh, learning like what what the rare pieces are. So like uh, one of the things that I learned. Uh, I went to Brickworld, Michigan last year, and was talking to one of the one of the builders, and he's like, "I'm looking for this piece right here. Uh, I need a ton of these, right? It's like the six thousand and five, uh, right?" And he's like, "I can't find any any sellers in the U.S. to have it." So I went home, and I'm like, "I'm going to buy that piece, right?" And so I did a little research into it. I'm like, "Yeah, well, this only comes in the U.S. C UCS Slave One." Right, so and that's why it's so expensive. It's like two, or, you know, five dollars or something. But then I found like a, a German seller that was selling them for like twenty-five cents. So I bought like a hundred of them and, and brought them over. But like things like learning about, uh, you know, what what parts are are rare and why they're rare, um, you know, and and how to how to find that information, um, how to how to determine. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've been doing when I like when I'm buying these sets for parting out is determining like uh, one of the things I, I learned from your videos is uh, you know how to how to determine what what's a good set to, to part out based on the part out value and and uh, all that kind of stuff. So like I'm looking for for sets that have a part out ratio of over two, right? Like so you get two at least two times more than than what you're what you're looking for. So. Um, I don't know. Those are the types of things that I'm that I'm learning. But I've got a lot of new stuff. So when I'm when I buy bulk, like I'm, I don't know a lot of like the the older pieces, and so I'm, I'm learning as I'm I'm going through that stuff as well. Yeah, you can see what percentage of a part out would be new to your store versus what percentage would consolidate with your store, which mm -hmm. gives you the idea of like how much can, excuse me, how much can my variety expand by buying this set. Or would it expand at all? Because sometimes you could parse something out and like nothing's new to your store. Yeah. Or there's two new elements and they're the ones that are exclusive to that set. Is that helpful? Maybe, maybe not. And then you could look at things. Uh, one of the ideas, because somebody was, the guy who sent me the night buses and the, the Ferrari was asking a lot of questions about how I determine what sets to break. And honestly, I didn't really have any good answers for him because. I used to just buy stuff with a good part out ratio. And now I don't really part out any of my own sets anymore. I 
most of my new part outs are all fulfillment. But I said, I started brainstorming some ideas and I said to him, one idea you can look at is have a minimum lot value. So let's say there is a uh, 10 cent part and that's the cheapest part in the whole set and it's one per set. If you had a minimum lot value of a dollar, let's say, it means you'd want to part out a minimum of 10 copies of that set. So the mm. cheapest cup of parts you're putting away is a dollar. If that part was five cents, then you'd want 20 copies of that set. So the cheapest lot value is a dollar. That's one way you could really go about. Um, the, the question that's always asked is, how many copies of a set should I part out? What's the right number? There's no right number. It's like, it's a balance of time and yeah. and a payoff. So it's like, take a lot of time and part out one copy of a set, or take less time, part out 100 copies of a set. Because it, it takes the same amount of time to put all the parts away, whether you have uh, one of it or 100 of it, theoretically. Uh, so I, I was talking to him about the idea of a, a minimum lot value. Not that I've ever done that before, because that's mm -hmm. that's the next level stuff. But right. uh, it's it's a concept that you could employ if if you're really trying to figure out what's what's the most worthwhile. I, I've got a, a comfort level right now. I like I, I don't go past five five sets because uh, to to me, like I know like. You, you get more value out of it if you do more sets, but like uh, more than more than five, it just for me it just takes takes too long uh, to to sort of sort them all out. So uh, I stay with five unless it's a smaller set, and then I'll I'll, go, I'll bump it up. But uh, there's you know the comfort of paying for the, the that set because you know I've got to pay for this out of my own money, and then uh, you know being able to take the time to to sort it all out and have the space for it all as well. So. Um, that's where that's where I like I don't go past five a lot, and that will really build your variety up. Which the age-old argument is: what's better, quantity or variety for a Bricklink right. store? Um, the answer is most obviously a little both. But if you are parting out low quantities of a lot of sets, you're theoretically able to part out more different sets with the same amount of money over the same amount of time. So your variety is really going to start going up. Your quantity mm -hmm. might not go up as much, but your variety is going to go way up and you can decide which way you want to go after you have one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I need more space. I need to get out of this room. That's what I need to do. <laughs> knocking down some walls. <laughs> yeah. Right. What do you think of that idea? The minimum lot value. Either of you. I, I think you said it. It's next level stuff, right? Like, uh, <laughs> but it, it's a, it's a good it's it's a good way to try to figure out. Like, you, know, you put it in brick stock, you figure out what's what's the cheapest cheapest set. Okay, I want to reach a dollar. How many sets do I need to get there? That's a that's a good way to figure out how many sets you should buy. Yeah, and that's if you're really concerned with like, I don't want to walk to this drawer and pour these parts in when the total value of those parts I'm pouring in is forty cents, because it might not be worth walking to that drawer for forty cents. Right. 
Um, just like uh, all those sets that I got that I just extracted the 50 cent and up pieces out of them and everything else just went into a bin. It's not worth putting like one copy of all these sets away, um, especially with the way I store. I, I store the parts. It would take up so many cabinets and the cabinets cost money too. Yep. How about you, Paul? I think it's, I think it's an interesting way to look at it. Um, and and if you want kind of the the quick way to, to, to determine whether or not it's worth it or what it would take to make it worth it, I like kind of having the, the the formula for lack of a better term. So like one of the reasons why I I, I me and Brian B from Delaware get along is because he's he's the he's the the analyzer, right? And I do a lot of data analytics in my in my day job. So I'm I'm constantly looking at that kind of stuff. So this is exactly the way that I would like to look at something is so, so having that kind of minimum lot value, a lot amount is, 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 is a good way. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a measurable way. I think measurable being, being measurable is something that's important to, to, to do it. Um, and, and I think it's probably the most immediately impactful um, in a positive way, um, way to, to determine whether or not you should or shouldn't do the venture, I guess, again, for lack of a better term, um, you can always like, you know, so you can go with your heart and go with your gut to see if you want it, if you should do it. And, and yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to part out every, every, every set that I, that, that come, that I come across and all that kind of stuff may be great when you start, when you're only looking at a couple things and you have more time and it's just a hobby for you or whatever it might be. But as, as things get to be more in the, the business aspect of it, um, those kinds of things, are no longer worth your time. Your time is more valuable. Um, so having having kind of that that formula to, as to whether or not you should do it is something that is is extremely helpful and extremely useful. And I think is is a great way to look at something like that. Something that I, I as not a seller myself would never have thought about anything to that level or anything like that. Um, I would have been like, oh well, superheroes are always popular. Get those and and part those out so you can sell the minifigures and then you can sell the pieces or something. I, I would have had some arbitrary thing in my head that, 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 that might be hit, that, that I would have tried to go with and it wouldn't have been ultimately sustainable and it wouldn't have been helpful down the line. This consigner uh, today asked me if I would take three copies of a set and uh, I had to... First to I 10? Had, yeah. I had to decline for the reason of I think you could... You have more options if, if you're only able to get three copies of a set at a certain deal. I think uh, you have more options that are better than uh, parting them out. Like you could, you could sell them sealed. I think it's more realistic to sell three copies of a, of a certain set sealed than it is to uh, part them out. Versus, I think if you have twenty copies of a set, it's more realistic to part them out than to try to sell them sealed. But not everybody has the sell them sealed option. Uh, I have a retail store that I can I can put them in and that's just fine. So I uh I'm 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 a big big shot now. I turned down a part out of 3. <laughs> so let's let's take a look at the bracket this week. Um I assure you that uh 1988 is going to be quick cuz there's only 75 sets in the entire year. So we're going to look at every single one? We could, but we're not. 
We really could. All right, so real quick, the bracket. We are here. This is 1988 versus 2019. Uh, the winner of Yep, that's the one. 2009, the winner of the this this evening's competition will go up against 1995, heading into the quarterfinals and so on. And we're getting there, folks. We're getting there. So 88, we're going to open up. I don't have many photos because there weren't many sets. I grabbed the. I, I think photo. I grabbed more than I um. More than I could have. Uh, first up is this Air Canada plane, an ode to Matt. Shout out to Matt, <laughs> our fallen brother. Pour out some maple syrup for him. <laughs> this, this, this is interesting because all the windows are just printed onto bricks. This is before they had uh, small enough windows. Even though the windows they would have wound up using are way out of scale, but. They just printed the windows on. It's just a solid fuselage. But there's a there's Air Canada for Matt. Man, those, those, those studs on top just ruin that whole thing. The uh, the extra plate up here. Yeah. Like I don't know. If that's necessary. I guess it's for stability because I'm assuming it's a two slopes back to back, and this just kind of clasps them all together. But this extra bump up right here is not aerodynamic. Fabuland <laughs> was doing a thing. Looks yep. great. <laughs> this is That's a dog in a boat. There's a giant treasure chest lid. There's the boat uh, wheel in red, which is cool. This big old thing that we probably never saw again. Um, there's a dog in a boat. It's true. Oh. It's not the boat you're used to. None of these parts are the parts you're used to. <laughs> Did an it's alien coming down the slide? It's an alligator. alligator, maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, alligator. Okay. There's a there's a sure squirrel. There's an alligator. There's Paddington bear. Yep, and uh, <laughs> poodle. Let's go with that. So Fabuland doing its thing. Uh, Brian Brink special. I, I, I. As much as I try, I'll never know the names of the Forestman sets, but Brian knows them all. That's the that's the analyzer. Know, let's go with Forestman's Hideout, or something something Stronghold, or Target it's, a, it's a tree with a house built out of it. Things like, open. It's like I using like a green whip. Is that what that is? That part? Yes, it's the uh, the old whip in green was. Uh, I think it's to simulate swinging from vines. I, I imagine it was a right? vine. I'm, now I'm trying to think. Was it a vine before it was a whip? Or was it a whip before the vine, or were they both in the same year? That's that's some Lego knowledge right there. <laughs> the vine seems a little more universal, and the whip seems a little more specialized. So I would have guessed it's, vine first. But it's also but it's interesting to note: pirates came out in '89. This is '88. Chrome gold didn't exist yet. No, the gold the here. Stuff. The gold here was the yellow studs, I think. Unless the kings had crowns back then, I don't know. But I want to say chrome gold didn't exist because here's some yellow studs made out of people. <laughs> this is the Lego knowledge we've been talking about that we need. <laughs> it's, it's it's just they're collecting bits of flesh down here. <laughs> yeah, that's a so that's a it's a solid small set, I guess. It's castley in nature. Uh, the Black Monarchs Castle. There you go. Was the big castle for Dope. the year. <laughs> Dope. Now, did all these sets like have like? I, I, 
I've seen uh, some videos of uh, older sets with Castle where you open it up and it's got like a plastic uh, uh, see-through where they're all the all the parts are in like compartments, like all nice and neat. Is yeah. right? uh, most most sets over a certain size, certain size box, I should say, uh, had a few parts in like a molded plastic tray, um, and they also might have had a in a cardboard like um like a box lid insert like a, a soda flat kind of thing insert inside where you could slide it out and you could use that to build in or whatever and some of them even had cardboard dividers for that so it could be separate sections in there uh, but they really gave you a fantastic presentation back then most i think i, think you, I consider that when we, we consider these Right. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the 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 presentation and the unboxing of of the set versus versus today. You know. I'd say most, if not all, sets over a certain box size had the flip front flap lid front flap. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine most of the ones that we're featuring probably are above that part. Yeah. That that will have it. And uh, one of the styles of the old Legoland instructions was if the instructions were over a certain size, this is like the eight and a half by 11 kind of aspect ratio for these instructions. Uh, the the picture of the set, uh, the promo picture was never really oriented to be a big rectangle because most of the boxes are more squares. So they would have one of the alt builds like directly underneath it. This is the, the whole picture you're looking at is the front of the instruction book. Hmm. So they had it for one of the alt builds on the front of the instructions, which is interesting. I almost like the alt build better. Yeah, they're, both nice. they're both pretty cool. I like I, I like that. asymmetrical castles for sure. So this alt build is, is cool. It's got buttresses. It's crazy. <laughs> so that is Black Monarch's castle. Classic. Um, I'm guessing this is the Black Monarch right here. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I think he's dead because there's also one called the Black Monarch's ghost. I think the Black Monarch is in memorandum. <laughs> <laughs> This is dark. <laughs> it's black. It's black, yeah. It's Black Tron. In fact, this is the year of black. Let me tell you. 1988, year of black. Here we have the Metro Park and Service Tower. Which maybe should be Metro Service and Park Tower. Because <laughs> it's a parking garage and a service station. But it's the Metro Park and Service Tower. Maybe it's just all one thing. Come on down to the Metro Park and Service Tower. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, had, what, what savings can be for you what's the mechanism where the that blue car is going up and down so that a lot of the sets in the late 80s had this big giant rack and crank system uh this time it's used for an elevator but a lot of the space sets used it to kind of open up part of the spaceship or just make some giant sweeping motion that was the gimmick for the set so in this one, the car could drive on on this little platform, and you could where the crank is. Oh, it's on the thing. So it's this black uh, two by two round brick here on the side of this oh. blue box, and that would work its way up this giant red long piece here. Is all a rack, big Technic rack. So it would work its way up there, and you could park the cars on different levels here, 
and there's a car wash and there was the gas station here and the whole thing's on a hinge so this could swing around back and they could be back to back or side by side for however you wanted to lay it out into your lego town not city town never forget town i kind of like this set actually i kind of really like this set <laughs> i've had this several times um it's good it's good if you <laughs> if you watched i did a lego city video series real briefly um and basically it was whatever used town sets i had for sale at the time would be in this in the city laid out and the idea was every time one of them sold maybe i'll buy another one and fill its spot and it'd be an impetus for people to buy the sets to see do we lose him again i think he'll hopefully he'll come back up but i think it's a, an interesting idea honestly good good marketing ploy not ploy but a, but a good way to market the sets that you have that are built and that are out there good way to increase the interaction with kids particularly and then also those who just dying to know about town and the and the different sets that are there and just really to see how the others all the sets can interact with each other as they're actually designed to do um of course depending on how you look at it, they're designed to build whatever you want with it, of course, but they mm -hmm. within, within the theme, within within the waves, um, they're kind of all part of a specific theme that they could all kind of go in together. So I think it would be, certainly be an interesting one, and I kind of do want to check out his old videos just so I can kind of see what uh, what sets he did have in there. And this yeah. is one that I that, that one that he just had on there, um, assuming he comes back and can show it. Um, I had not seen that one before. So it's... It's cleaner than I would have expected to, for it to be able to do as much as it did. So it had the whole parking garage. It had the service station. I think a car wash there at the bottom. Yeah. And I didn't know it had that kind of play feature. I do know when when Chris mentioned space, a lot of the, the, the kind of that era space stuff had that. Yep, just about all the ones that I had. Like you, you do you just kind of you kind of twist the knob and then you can open up the mouth of the uh, of the the spaceship, or you can open you can widen the communication tower, or whatever it might be. And that's stuff that I that I loved doing when I was kind of playing with those Lego sets at the time. Because for me, it was even though yes, you could build whatever you want with it. I got the sets that I wanted, so I could play with them, and so it was actually pretty cool. And I really enjoyed that that kind of that part of it. Um, and I think Chris is back. So great. Catch me talking to myself all about this set for a while and going, <laughs> "What do you guys think?" <laughs> we we shared what we think, or at least what I think. <laughs> which uh, which one were we on? Uh, the service station and parking garage. All right. Well, I just told you all about this one. <laughs> oh, that's dope too, man. These are really cool. So much. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you again everything about this. We're just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It looks like it's a pit stop. Or is it the, the start of the race? Or oh, it's the end of the race? The, the checkered flag. That that's two base plates, right? Like they're not. What, that's not one. Base. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's two. Those those base plates are cool too. I like the suspension of the like how the uh, the uh, the stoplight, for lack of a better term, <laughs> is kind of suspended there. I, I like how mm -hmm. they have that set up. I like it. And there's your uh, the kind of window design, like the old the airport set. I think we featured either last week or the week before that, <laughs> where it's kind of the the sloped windows, so that everyone can can take a look out of the observatory section. Yeah, and. Uh... Light and this sound. Is, this is a light and sound set from Futuron, which was starting. I guess Blacktron 1 
and Futuron were this year. So 1988 is the first year after Classic Space ended. Uh, Blacktron and Futuron were seen this year. So Futuron was like Classic Space, but if they uh, looked a little bit more hip, they had the regular helmets with visors, yep. and they had like the slash across uh, with the zipper torsos in this various really colors. When, this is really when I started getting into the Lego space stuff was here. Uh, I guess I really just loved the visor because I always thought that these were much cooler helmets than the classic space helmets. Uh, yeah. As blasphemous as that may be to, to one who loves the history of classic space, I always loved these helmets. They just, were just so much cooler to me. And you make it all black, like Blacktron, and, and, and I'm a sucker for that shit. Well, you had and nine it, years of classic space. That's a lot of years of, of what's arguably one theme. Unless it's those, Star War. Yeah. <laughs> those wheels are ugly. I just can't get into those wheels. <laughs> they are, but I have a lot of those in my collection. Yeah, you better check to see they're not cracked, man. Those wheels just That's true. <laughs> just like rubber tires on on it and transformers. Yep. That's light and sound. Electron. Uh, yes. One of my favorite sets. I've got two of these available right now. They are worth five hundred dollars each. Shut wow. the fuck up. You are kidding me that it's worth that much. Condition. I have it. Dis- I have this disassembled uh, <laughs> in my storage now. No, I was like, I'll send you over one. Fuck no! I love this set. You, you want to make it three? <laughs> <laughs> this was the probably the biggest set that I owned um, when I was a kid. The, the, the double double base plate. This one, and then the uh, the space police spaceship that that we talked about last week. Yep. I think would have been from the year yeah. after this. Yeah, yeah. Those are probably the the two big sets that I had. But this is the the big base that I had, and I love this one. And again, we were talking about so the 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 crank system and all that kind of stuff. That yep. when you mentioned the crank, this is kind of the the crank. This, this was the the reference that I got was was with the spacing. So how, yeah, they uh, there's two of them in this set actually. Yep. So there's one right here, which uh, I think the crank is probably at the base here. You would crank that, and then the two halves of this section would open up. Uh, which is on a series of turntables. It was a very interesting way they connected it all together because it, it looks like this is never going to work, but it worked. So <laughs> it was plates on plates, but with turntables, two-by-two two turntables in them is how all the connections worked here. And basically, this whole thing would open up. Um, these dishes would spread apart, and these uh, big panels here would open up and... I don't know. You could intercept messages because this is the message intercept base. Well, you could the second do, you one. Could dock the little the, the little fighter jet in there. This little jet could dock right there. I don't think you need to open it to do that, but it could go right there. It would cranks story. right here, and it would take this whole section right here, and it would just move it all the way out to here. So you could either have it connect to the awesome space hallway right here, <laughs> or you could have it be its own remote island all the way a few feet over here. <laughs> that would go yeah. back and forth and this would open and close and then the space hallway opened up it's got a little jet and a little buggy and all kinds of awesome stuff oh man it's, I love this set Blacktron is the one true greatest Lego theme ever <laughs> so much that we're finally getting our first reference to it <laughs> up, up next it's Boys version 1 uh, these guys were out for a number of years in different Technic sets. 
because a Technic set of a certain size might come with one of these guys, especially if it was in scale with these guys, which not all of them were, but a lot of them were. And they had at least two of these three packs. This is the first one, and then there's the 90s one that I'm more familiar with. But uh, I just, I want this shirt. <laughs> Make an A-full shirt. I want this shirt, too. That's cool 90s, and this is 88. Cool yeah, drop shadow. Yeah, Kevin, I need both <laughs> of these shirts. More when drop shadow. When you listen to this, I want both of these shirts. <laughs> Maybe even just the uh, here's how they move, like just the whole unadulterated background of this this box art sticker. Make this a sticker, yeah. Just Man, remove I, all this I, stuff. If I were to get that middle guy in, in like a bulk set, I, I probably would have just tossed it and said, this is like play school or something. It Some, does look like it. Yeah. It's, it's reminiscent of that stuff. So they did uh, They did come apart to a certain extent. They weren't meant to. Obviously, the helmet and the visor are separate pieces. They can come off and they all have the hair underneath. Uh, but the feet are on ball joints. They can be popped out. The hands are on ball joints. They can be popped out. The arms are on these little pins. I think it's smaller than bar sized but bigger than like uh, an accessory pin. They go into the torso. They could be popped out. I know this because any bulk lot you find that has one of these guys in it, at some point something was ripped off of him. <laughs> um, I think the legs might come apart, but I do not see that very often. And when I do, I know something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> also, they, uh, they grip a Technic pin. That's what size their hands are. They can grip a pin. So you see the wrench is in a half pin here. And he's holding the half pin. So they don't grip a bar. They grip a pin. A pin is the same size as a stud. So they can grip like around a stud, which is interesting. Uh, They had a variety of different faces. These guys all have the same face. But after that, they had different faces and different helmet combos. They also use the visors in more sets than they use the helmets because, like, the throwbots and things like that would use the, the visors later on. So you get some other cool visor colors. I mean, if you, if you look at this as, like, a scene, like, what the hell did that guy in the middle do? Like, the, the guy is coming to beat the shit out of him with a wrench. <laughs> He's looking at him, what are you doing? <laughs> Come over here. Come this way, quick. I can't say, is he, is he sitting in the chair or are you just getting up out of the chair? I think yeah, he's going to be running from this guy with right. a saunter and a wrench. And the other guy's going to grab him and he's reaching out for him. So. Yeah, this should be an AFL poster. <laughs> Someone imagining this scene. Uh, I, I definitely want the Serma brothers to be like, what do you see in this scene? <laughs> they would do a great job of it. But yeah, I mean, they're trying to trying to beat the shit out of him because he doesn't have a cool shirt on. <laughs> like, what are you wearing? A jumpsuit? <laughs> Get him! <laughs> but they're very articulated. They have like uh, they have the feeder on ball joints, uh, the base pin knuckle, typewriter fingers. They have knees. They have, um, I guess it's a it's a ball at the hips because the legs can go forward and back and outwards. Um, and then it is uh, rotation at the shoulder, also a ball at the shoulder and a ball and a rotation. So it's the same joint here. It's a pin that can be rotated or. Um, in and out at the uh, the elbow, and then slight wrist articulation. I mean, it rotates, and then it is a ball joint, so it moves a little bit, but not much. 
The neck is a ball joint. And that's that. And the visor flips open. I'm waiting for Paul to say balls deep. <laughs> balls, balls in. in. Balls in. Oh, Not balls a lick in. of paint. <laughs> um, then we have the uh, Technic chassis. The classic Technic chassis, which we definitely looked at this with Gary. I had this one. I mean, if you're into it, you're into it. It wasn't great. I was not into it, but it was one of those that you know I was getting older, so people are like, "They, oh, he like he liked Lego, so so go ahead, we'll we'll get him this one. He's 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 the age for this one now." And I didn't really like it. Technic was still figuring out what it wanted to be. This is before pneumatics, before lift arms, same ugly before model team. But uh, a number of years into Technic, because Technic celebrated its 40th anniversary a couple years ago. They had all, oh. this, all the sets at that one by three lift arm that said like Technic 40 years of Technic or whatever on it. I think it was 40. So it, like- it's, this isn't the first year. This isn't even the beginning of Technic, but this is uh, Technic at the time. That's it. That's all the sets I have for 88. So- I like the, uh, I like the, uh, the axle... Uh, size guide there. That's pretty cool. Right yes, and I'm fairly certain that would have been a one-to-one guide mm. to help you with this. Um, Technic, for the most part, always had part callouts on the steps because, let's face it, ain't nobody want to tackle uh, a Technic set that's all in one bag. And Technic sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so this this kind of stuff is really helpful for that. Mm-hmm. I remember the, they had part callouts and model team too, and I was like, "This is helpful." I mean, I could probably do it without this, but this is helpful. We should get a Technic so. fan on the show just to get that perspective. Obviously, when uh, when Stasis Luck came, that was what? the that was the Bionicle Appreciation Night. We got a Technic. What do you mean your night. sets don't do anything? Mine <laughs> brushes my teeth. Technic. <laughs> <laughs> I can excavate this <laughs> this rock quarry. Technic. So yeah, that's that's eighty eight. Uh, we can jump over to the small year. Two thousand nine had some strong stuff. Two thousand nine. I got a whole lot of photos for this one. That's that's the problem with the more recent years. There's too many things not to show. If I was to regulate it to ten photos from each year, pick ten. It would take me so much longer to pick the ten. <laughs> then I don't know that I'd do an accurate job of describing the year. So this is one of three different. Here's this. Here's the house, the pineapple house. This is the one that only features the pineapple. I split my pants. <laughs> Sorry, it's the only, the only SpongeBob episode I know. <laughs> I don't even know if I know that one. <laughs> I don't. What's the purple thing that's above Patrick? It what is it? a toque. It's a chef. It's a chef oh. hat in trans dark uh, pink. It's a jellyfish. Nice. I like, I like how the uh, like there's those studs. I assume that are there to kind of simulate like air bubbles. I guess that I are guess. floating there. I guess he's shooting them out of a frying pan that I'm sure was. Oh, is that what he's doing? Flick operated. Yeah. Um. Let's. We don't need to. Is this is this the inside of his house? Just out here, like his <laughs> TV and his chair. Is that his bed? The diving board bed thing i don't know i've seen some spongebob but it was uh, like a decade ago when when it was new if not longer maybe longer maybe two decades ago so the older stuff was funnier 
I love that because of the way the SpongeBob construction is, the only attachment point is on top of his head. So the whole <laughs> backpack is clipped to the top of his head here. Oh, hilarious. Okay. Later. This, this, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's building up to it. That's this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Space Police 3 big set, or the big ship, rather. This is the one that was horribly knocked off by that, uh, clone brand that I saw in Canada that I, I've shared that picture. But it, this is the set that that set is, is a bastardized rendition of. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things about this is the fact that they use the airplane fuselage roof piece, the one that had the cutout for the door in the modern airplanes. They use two of them side to side as a, just a well for the person to sit in. Next level. This is going to be a tough decision for me because we have probably one of my favorite years in my youth and also the year that I started getting back into Lego. They have both of them together. So this is going to be tough. I try not to make any decisions until I'm doing the show, but we have three tonight so we can can break a tie. I love how they're using the uh, one-by-one cone as the, the projectiles. Or, did they actually fly? No, they don't. No, no, there's no... Yeah. There's they're no, just the, the only projectile I see is the competent the technic competition arrow oh, right yeah. here. Well, and that's, that's you, yeah, yeah, you get to shoot this and you'd free um the prisoners from the cells into the vacuum of space. <laughs> that's got some oh. good playability compared to today. There was a, I, yeah. I like the uh, the space police three sets. They were actually pretty they were pretty fun. Had some crazy characters. Now uh, I if I was as much if it, it, I wish I had gotten into Lego maybe the year prior, so because then I would probably have tried to collect all of the the villains here for at least all the villains in Space Police Three, just because they're crazy in a good way. Yeah, yeah, man, I I love the forty five degree angle build of this this buggy here. Hmm. You see the the wheels are on bottom here and like well on top of the build here if you look at it in a studs oh, up right. fashion. So it's it's a lean back. <laughs> um, Pirates saw its most recent addition. Epaulets. Epaulets. That's Shout right. Out to episode one of building up to it. Jesus, really? Yeah. <laughs> How do you remember these things? Because that's when I learned the word epaulet. <laughs> okay. Ralph's over there, like the hell's an epaulet? <laughs> it's the shoulder, the shoulder, a shoulder pads. For the for lack of a better term. Oh, I thought it was a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> epilepsy. Um, <laughs> you're sailing the epilepsy here. But this is a this is the pirates rebirth in 2009, which was intended to have a lot of things in common with the the old pirates from '89 and and so forth. Uh, but this is this is pirates. A lot of stickers. A lot, a lot of stickers. How is it? Um, there's the big ship, which I believe it shark, introduced. He's so angry. It introduced the man-eating shark, the one where you could fit a whole minifigure inside of it. Um, so mad. I got that shark in a in a ball clot, and it had like two big teeth marks on the top. I just sold it. I was like, thank, so thankful that I. Sold that <laughs> um, I I want to hear more about how this monkey is going to poke that bird with a banana. <laughs> it's like a, really a boomerang banana the way he's holding it. Crikey. Um, <laughs> this is the Brickbeard Bounty. 
which is the the whole pirates wave this year was like a, hey remember pirates yeah you do <laughs> um the oh, wow. uh the, the the troll the orcs the orc mine something i don't know fantasy era was apparently still happening well, that's i don't think all phase right there i don't yeah, think this was cool. the main year for fantasy era but i mean you get two different colors of trolls bunch of orcs fucking orc wizard up here and a bunch of knights all with the ridiculously scared face wouldn't you be scared i would be i mean they're, they're throwing bricks at you there's a skull here in the rocks there's fire everywhere i hope these guys are stationary look at them <laughs> like on the two sides of the main door this is some scary stuff here uh indiana jones Nice. Yes. I never saw any of these sets. Well, you were doing a good job of buying Lego in this first year of buying Lego then. <laughs> I never saw them in the stores, but maybe I never went to the stores to look for Lego. Maybe I didn't I didn't do the Lego aisle in my regular stores at the so time. There were several Indiana Jones sets this year. This is I think the biggest of them with uh Mola are the, Rom. Are those rock pieces in the corners there like uh Dark blue screen in the bottom and then tran transparent at the top? Correct. They are wow. marbled. I, I don't think they were quite doing the dual molded things back then, but they were marbled and they were all a little bit different because of the marbling process. But there was ones that had more gray on the right and ones that had more gray on the left. Shout out oh. to Bricklink. That's a necessary distinction. <laughs> it's like, which way does the, does the flag wave? Oh, you know that was, a, that was a big thing, man. The the flag right or flag left for years, like years, twenty, thirty years of that flag existing, they did not distinguish, and they were different. They had left and they had right flags. I don't know. Sometimes I enjoy when they break a category like that, and sometimes I'm like, the hell if I'm gonna check which ones I have. We're good. <laughs> we're good here. It's like, it's like those bracket pieces that now have a groove on it. It's like, oh, why did you do that? Yeah, I'm I'm not changing anything I already have. Whatever part outs I do will be accurate as long as the inventory is accurate. But right. aside from that, we're good. We're good here. Uh, big old build your own house. That's a cool crane, and we don't get too many real good functional cranes in the city line. We get a lot in Technic, but we don't get that many in Regular old minifig scale city. It's pretty cool. So, build this concrete dungeon. Build it. I feel like we need to listen to everything is awesome while looking at this picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, farm. We don't get much farm. We get we get more hospital than we get farm. Well, it's back and now, like literally now. I think. Is it? Yeah, I, I feel like we had a tractor. There's, I think there's a, there's a not as good there's a combine that's not as good as the one from this year, um, uh, this year meaning meaning yeah we had a tractor combine. last year and a combine this year and and I think that's it right that's, that that does not that does not a farm more. make no you're right I thought there were a few more than that but if it's just those then you're absolutely right I think it's just those but we got <laughs> like a full this. farm theme in 2009 uh, it's the most recent time, it gave us the cow and a lot of other cool things. Uh, but it's the, the most recent time we got a full-fledged farm theme. I'm surprised. Again, because we were relatively new, 
in our love and our, our resurfacing of our Lego love. We didn't, we only got the, just, we just got the combine. And I think had we been into Lego again, the year prior, my wife probably would have bought this whole series just because she's a farmer's daughter. So like, this is, this is all stuff that, uh, that like she knows all these things. Thank God. I'm a country boy. <laughs> Is is that silo like filled with like yellow studs? <laughs> I, uh, one can only hope. <laughs> oh, one can only hope the instructions have featured the hand pouring the studs in. Two hundred ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch, uh, Kevin did a live build of that set, or somebody was one of Kevin's live streams. Somebody was building that set live, and they got to that point, and they tried. I think it was Kevin. He tried to pour them in the way the hand is oriented, <laughs> and it just doesn't work. No. You gotta pour them in with the side of your hand, not the tip of your fingers. <laughs> it just leads to disaster. I assume you're talking about the ship in the bottle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I made a sticker. We made a big deal out of that. That just that hand in the the uh, the the floating hand with the studs and the instructions. And we still talk about it today. Also, I'm pretty sure the eight by sixteen tiles in red are pretty valuable. They're only I think in this set. And there's three of them there. Look at them. Yeah. Uh, why the hell did I put this in? Uh, they're uh, taking Optimus Prime away. <laughs> no, um, for a while this is the only set that had the dark, uh, the trans black garage door roller sections. Uh, they are now in that new Avengers compound set, but for a while they were only in this, and they were getting pretty expensive until they came out again. So that's a thing that can always happen: reissues of parts. Autobots roll out. <laughs> his grapple pulling off to his prime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean grapple was a was a crane. He was, but he's the orange truck. <laughs> yep. And there's um there's skids up there being useless. <laughs> All right. Uh this is what Technic looked like. It's very different yeah. from what it was in uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a real tall boy. Um, just when you think the front of the truck is done, there's just a whole lot more front of the truck <laughs> going all the way up. Just keeps building up, build up. You're like, when when do I taper off for the roof? Not yet, not yet, not yet. Oh, there you go. I don't know. Really tall front. That's probably accurate. It's the UW lifting service. That oh man, I want that as a shirt. <laughs> right? That <laughs> looks good. I don't even know what UW stands for. But Wabra. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Kevin. Kevin. The UW lifting service. Make that into a sticker or a shirt or something and no one will buy it. It'll be great. Power Miners, which was uh Rock Raiders, but not as good, was out those, this year. Those wheels, I hate when I get those. those... <laughs> Go away. Those are weird. Uh, They're very extreme. I uh, I have to say, rest in peace to Brian, the guy that I sold all of my giant wheels to. Uh, clearly, the wheels killed him. <laughs> he uh, He's actually not with us anymore, and he bought all my wheels, and I hope they don't come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Brian, thank you. You did God's work buying these wheels for me. If you want any more, just give me a shout. 
Yeah. That's what it takes, man. It's like the it's like what the soul stone these fucking wheels, right? A wheel for a wheel. Balance. <laughs> a life for uh, a trash bag full of these wheels. Uh, but you know, power miners. It uh, introduced lime green and orange in a big way. Yeah. Some say we didn't need it. Others say, where else are you going to get a mystery machine from? <laughs> the mystery and machine said. <laughs> the mystery machine said that. Said it to me. Uh, Agents 2.0. I, I think I have two thing. sets from this this theme in the in the slideshow here because you got to love this giant robot. This is one of the ones that I that I the, one of the first sets that I kind of tracked down. I didn't know anything about Agents at the time, but I liked the little sunjet. And I like the mech, so I, I I picked up this set on eBay. I remember I was looking for it at a good price. Last time we looked at this, I think we might have had a special on either Agents or uh, Robots. Yeah. It was, it was um, Agents, I think, is the one we talked about this one. Specifically. And then what do we We said it says Toast, Grill, and Flambe on the, <laughs> on the gauge here. And then I also love the gauges right on the crotch. That's great. Wow. Underneath the mecha's testicles. <laughs> I'm do- directly beneath... The aliens scrotum. <laughs> Shout out to Favors. Those are some good movies. So, so I assume the the articulation in that allows you to do some teabagging. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on how how much interference this uh this meaty calf right here uh, gives to the foot. <laughs> meaty calf. Got your head. Uh, we you also had this this uh, volcano lair with with the drones with just the antenna instead of a head. Who does this? This is some shit you find in a kid's bulk lot. This is not <laughs> stuff you get directly from Lego. <laughs> I have this set too, though. <laughs> the helicopter was awesome. It with the, the blades are great. Locked like that, it is awesome. And that almost looks like a Lego movie kind of set. The copper choppers, yeah, they yeah. didn't have to do that. That's a set would have been awesome. Uh, this is what Bionicle looked like. Yeah, this looks like a that looks like a Bayverse Constructicon right there. One, this I don't is know what Bayverse Constructicon is it actually like literally? No. Oh, I was like, <laughs> there is oh, actually, like oh shit! What year awesome. did that? What year did the second movie come out? I I don't know. Because this is two thousand nine. The first movie was two thousand seven. It might have been. That might be accurate. Oh, man. <laughs> Lawsuits aplenty. <laughs> talk, talk to me about that that mine-looking thing at the top, because I've gotten a bunch of those things. I never knew where they came from. This is called a thornax fruit. This is yeah. a thornax fruit. <laughs> it's uh, plastic and rubber right. together at last, and it is shot the same way the Zammer spears, the little balls, which... I, think that's one of them right there it's shot the same way they are out of these pinchers or i guess it can only be out of these pinchers because it'd be too obstructive for the the thing that you load the ball into all in um so you shoot this thing i don't know it's called a thornax fruit so if you wanted to look it up on bricklink and you typed in any of the words you'd ever think would be associated with it you're not gonna find it right i've never found it i i was debating on whether or not it was even lego Sometimes you just got to f- know what set a part came from so you could at least run to that set and look at the inventory and figure it out from there. Yeah. 
because otherwise you're never going to find the Thornax fruit. This is where the Lego knowledge comes in handy. <laughs> uh, this this thing's more technic than technic sometimes. Here, can um, you see my, can you see me on the screen? This is the that's the Bayverse dude. We're gonna see if uh, this one of these helps. <laughs> like what the shit, man? That's what that is. That's one of them. I thought you yeah. were more referring to when they were combined. No, no. Well, I'll, I think this looked this specifically. That that specific design looks an awful. Actually, lot right. Of it. If you hold it up right now, they'll both be on screen for the yeah. for the viewer. I just can't look at both. Yeah, it's a dumb design, regardless. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what that's supposed to be—the bionicle thing. I also don't know what what the the transformer is supposed to be. That why he's got a w- two wheels on top of each other. No clue. It's just a weird design, uh, all the way across, and uh, that seems to hold to the bionicle as well. Just a weird design. Yep. <laughs> Let me go back to getting this to the full screen. And should be most of the way through there. The Medieval Market Village. Cool. was a direct-to-consumer set with uh, much fanfare. It was, I mean, it's one of the first times we're getting this sort of non-militarized life in the medieval setting. Yeah, this is nice. Uh, the Emerald Knight is a very sought-after train. They do love this one. <laughs> they do. All those people, they love it. They love it. Was that, was that motorized, or did you have to upgrade mm-hmm. it to put a motor in it? Uh, I don't know that I'd be the right one to ask. I want to say what? not. I'm not put, a train guy. It was always <laughs> next to the the, uh, the motors. That you can it's, it's, I don't know, it's... um. If there was any rhyme or reason to why some of them are motorized and some of them aren't, then I'd probably have solved that riddle and have an answer for you. But the fact that sometimes motorized, sometimes it's not, means I'm not going to take the time to learn which ones are and which ones aren't. It's like an almond joy. and (laughs) And One of them's dark chocolate, one of them's milk chocolate. Come on. Sometimes I feel like a nut. A mounds and an almond joy? Yeah, that that, that was clear difference. Couldn't, couldn't figure out the mounts. All right. Dark chocolate, milk chocolate. Next, the ATOT dropship. Oh, this, this one was everyone. This, this thing is worth a ton of money, isn't it? This was not a UCS set, but it was a direct to consumer exclusive. This is only at the Lego store, maybe Toys R Us. But this is the set that got away for me as far as investing went. I, uh, I went into a Lego store really early in my selling career. And this was on clearance. I had like a pallet of these in the middle of the floor on some Ooh. kind of sale. Not not like a great clearance, but it was just it was on sale. And there's therefore at the end of its lifespan. And I was like, that's a lot of money. I don't want to buy any of those. And uh, you know, now it's worth more money. But who knows if I would have had the foresight to keep it sealed? Probably not. Yeah, I, I, cool. I probably would have uh, opened mine up too. My I know my nephews wanted this. And um, they found out about it after it already been retired. And usually, I can I, I, I can figure out ways to, to to find things or whatever, whether it's used on eBay or whatever, um, just local local toy stores or whatever it might be. And was never able to find this thing at non ridiculous aftermarket prices. Um, 
like it just it just it shot up almost immediately way past like any acceptable threshold for how much they which is wild seeing as they had it on sale yeah like but it's crazy how much like it's it's never been redone as far as i know no so i think think yeah so i think that's kind of why the original carousel the grand carousel um was it the first set i think to use the 48 by 48 base plate in green this went way up in value and then they put out a new one and I don't think this really has gone down in value because of that. The new one, I think, is more going on though. It's a little more streamlined. The new one, also, it's it's cleaner. Uh, fire brigade with its little tree. I like this one. This was uh, let's see, was it my third modular? I think it might have been my third. I like that attempted at American flag. <laughs> It's like uh, Stan Smith in American Dead. It's just, you. it's not nearly an American flag, but you, you can tell it's supposed to be an American flag. You know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> uh, the Ooh, original. I forget if this was the UCS or not. I guess it was, right? Yeah, you know, 10198. That's kind of a Actually, yeah, number. I, yeah, yeah. The there. Yeah. This, is, this is the one that so I was trying to reject. Say something about UCS sets when you can't tell if an older <laughs> one counts or not. Mm. Well, they do look uh, different. Was, they put them so much different three. than the current one. The current one is like lean and mean. Yeah, this one's this one's a chunky boy. <laughs> Nothing I, says quality like uh, flick fire missiles as guns, not to be <laughs> flicked, not to be fired. I wanted this one pretty pretty bad. I never was able to pull the trigger. It's, it's solid. And it's a good representation. Uh, the winner of village. Toy shop. Let's go with toy shop. Yep. Yes, because the, the train is in the window. There. There's, there's toys in the window. That's the only reason I I know. I really like. Well, first the uh, trans purple lightsaber bars as ski poles. Got the mace <laughs> window. Um, I always loved the way that this one and the other, some of the other village sets use these. Uh, yeah. Technic quarter ellipses to uh, to make these patterns just layered. Real nice. And uh, falling water was a thing. I first I bought that for my wife for Christmas. What do the instructions say when it comes to offsetting these bricks in the stack here? Do they say put it on and twist it, or does it show you I think explicitly? it's explicitly just... Yeah, I think it just places it at the uh at the angle well you got to be a certain age to build this anyway so i'm sure you figured it out man kids don't want to build this shit only people like me want to build this shit <laughs> interesting how the the uh the tile doesn't say falling water in this promo pic hmm. right a- right after this they built minecraft so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this was That's one it. that was this is very highly sought after like oh i really want that set we didn't we hadn't gateway into really expensive sets yet, so this was, I think, like a hundred plus. I think retail was, I think, a hundred, but like it was already going for more than that. And uh, I didn't know about Bricklink yet. I was trying to like find a good to, a good place to find this thing, still relatively cheap. And we didn't know how much we we're going to spend on each other for Christmas yet, because we were my wife was still my girlfriend at the time, and like so it was one of those like I really wanted this. It took it took a lot of hunting, but I was able to finally get it. So that's that's all the. 
the sets from 2009. So if there's anything you want to see again, let me know. But 1988 had some Shit. Fabulands, a little bit of Forest Men, Blacktron, Futuron, some pretty decent town stuff, uh, Black Monarch, and some Technic things. Huh. And then 2009 gave us some SpongeBob, some Space Police 3, uh, Pirates coming back, Fantasy Era was out for a little while, Indiana Jones is out for a little while, uh, a good city farm theme. Agents 2.0, a lot of direct-to-consumer stuff, power miners, and architecture, uh, modular. Yeah, the usual. Oh, this is gonna kill me! <laughs> Crap. Yeah, it's a hard choice. Uh, like I said, this is this is my heyday of Lego collecting when I was a child, and the year where I where I went balls in <laughs> with my Lego sets collecting again. You gotta go balls in. <laughs> all right four against what do we got ralph what do you got i mean b- both of them have uh really good really good sets and really uh some some bad sets like i think in the uh, <laughs> the 88 like the those uh those town sets right like the uh the garage and stuff i think are, are really cool um there's the uh blacktron you've got some good good playability there uh technic i don't know what they're thinking there uh the the the, uh the castle the castle sets i think uh i think you got to think of it as the whole presentation right like the 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 box and that uh 2009 uh you've got you got some licensed stuff that that's pretty cool with the star wars stuff um you've got some playability stuff with the uh the the space police uh then there's some 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 bad ones as well. I can't even remember how bad they were. That, that's how bad they were. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, even though there was like, I, I keep going back and forth because there's like 70, only 75 sets for 88, but then there was a lot more for, for 2009. But I, I really like the, uh, the simplicity and, 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 uh, it was, uh, uh, it was over 400 sets. I'm pretty sure for 2009. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, 1988 just to, just because uh, I'm an old guy and uh, I like I like those older sets. I see Paul taking some last minute looks at those photos right now. Yeah, scrolling, scrolling through. Yep, scrolling through them. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this this is hard because this is uh, again, it, it's the the two I guess biggest years in in my Lego collecting, um, and. 2009 is the year that, that really brought me back in hardcore into the hobby. Um, and I have certainly way more uh, sets from 2009 um, just by, by volume. However, I think I'm going to go with 88. A, Blacktron alone. <laughs> it may be the reason why. Wow, what an upset. Subliminally, Blacktron alone might do it, um, or subconsciously. But the the Black Monarch's Castle is awesome, and then the Futuron sets were also good. And I had a lot. I had Futuron sets too. Um, the Forester set is actually looks decently fun, and I love the town sets that they had there. Don't care about Fabuland, don't care about Technic, and the Technic boys. Uh, those are all the wash. Uh, but the there's Technic boys though. <laughs> there's, there's there are equal number of just wash. Oh, there was never a female Technic figure. 
2009, even though it had a lot of, at the time, kind of Grail-type sets for me, um, I think without the ones that were in 88, I would not be in, I wouldn't give a shit about 2009 either, I think. Uh, I probably would have been just, like, I like I like the agent stuff, but um, I, I but like I, I don't think I would have liked them without some of the other foundational stuff uh, from before. So what I liked about the agent sets is kind of the play features and the playability that you could do. It looks like a helicopter, and but inside it's got all the spy shit in, in there and stuff like that. Um, reminiscent of actually kind of the the, the Blacktron sets where the, the, just kind of the crank feature where you can. It looks like one thing. You open it up, and it opens up a whole bunch of different play features when you open it up. And so, I don't know if I would have cared about agents other than the spy aspect of it um, if there had not been the previous foundation of the, the 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 way deeper play features that you can do just by opening things up there. And Space Police Three, I sure I wouldn't have cared about Space Police Three had it not been for Blacktron and Space Police One. Um, and then, even though. Uh, I'm all in. A, I've got all the modulars. We have all the architecture sets, all that kind of stuff. Um, it just is not. It doesn't have the same level of excitement. Even though the reason that we're into those is because they they still make they're, they're the good Lego sets, but they they display well and they display more as adult pieces. And so I think that also goes into why we have so many of those. But for pure fun of it they're not as much fun. Uh, even though I like playing with the modulars because they have the they have a, the, the full interiors inside, at least at this point, and can do all that stuff, I would have done exactly the same with the town sets uh, in 88 as well. So I'm going 88 on this one. And I guess my vote doesn't matter at this point. But uh, <laughs> I, I would have gone 2009 for this one. Wow. As much as I love Blacktron, I... I just think the 75 sets all year long, because we're looking at what's the best year for Lego products. They were good products, but 75 sets all year long, I, I see is a detriment when in 2009, you had a lot of original themes. This was coming out of their slump. I think the part selection was getting better. It's, it wasn't as good as it was a few years later, but it wasn't as bad as it was a few years before. You had you had things for everyone in this in this year you had a great train you had ucs you had a modular you had winter village you had some really good direct consumer you also had the original themes of power miners and space police and farm i mean you you don't get farm otherwise you get the agents you got some kind of transformer crazy bionicle (laughs) thing that's probably a bad part the Pirates, this was the 20th anniversary of Lego Pirates. And that's why they came back with ones that kind of looked like the original Pirate sets. The um, the troll mine thing is, is crazy. And I had a childhood friend that had like all the fantasy era stuff set up as this big like pool table worth of um, just castle land, which is cool. Um, yeah. I think City was probably... Like City Outside a Farm was pretty dull for 2009. But I think 2009 just had so much more to offer for everyone. Yeah. And it not had, just... It, it, uh, did. it definitely did. And, and again, that is that is very likely why I got pulled in that year. Yeah. Um, is because there was so much stuff. Um, but I... I, I 
<laughs> I had to go with the heart on this one. And again, it was real tough. And it's not that I didn't like 2009, obviously. Um, but I had to go with what, for me, was a, what kind of built the foundation as to why I'm still into Lego now. Uh, is it happened to be, it happened to be that year. So it, it was, they had to be matched up this year. <laughs> they couldn't have like been yeah. on, on, on a different bracket or something like it's, that. Uh, it's it's tough like that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I would have been happy with either year winning this. Uh, the real question is how far do these winners go? And this one will be going up against 1995, which it's like right in the middle of both of these. I, I'm gonna sure. say 95 is probably gonna take it for that one. But next week we're looking at '98 versus 2000, which is oh, right before Star Wars there. and right after Star Wars. <laughs> in a pre-Star Wars world and in a post-Star Wars world. Yeah, watch space go away completely. <laughs> yeah, we went from uh, earlier early space, not classic space, but like the early stuff, and then still space police going. And now you're gonna get none of that good stuff. So '98 versus 2000 next week. Let us know in the comments what you thought about 88 versus 2009. This is a tough one. About uh, 98 versus 2000. What you think is going to take the entire bracket and so on and so forth. And uh, leave Paul uh, and Ralph a good message in there, too. <laughs> hey, if you guys aren't listening to this at one and a half speed, why not? <laughs> at the very least, 1.35. Oh, it's <laughs> two and a half hours. I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> he's already he's already checked out and got on to the next one. <laughs> Clips to beginning and the end. Only the meat. All right. <laughs> Howdy, here, Paul. Ralph, uh, thank you for joining us here. Where can everyone find you? Uh, Instagram at Ralph's underscore bricks. Uh, you can find my Bricklink store at uh, ralphsbricks.com. And uh, yeah, we we'll, hope to see you guys around. Awesome. Thank you so much for being in here with us, Ralph. Thank you so much for listening and watching us to all of our listeners and our viewers. Uh, both Chris and I are available at our Instagram handles shown on screen. Drop Matt a message as well uh, if you want uh, to see him at Ironclaw or message any of us uh, on Facebook at our given names and also floating around in the Realm of Collectors Facebook group as well. Um, if you like the other shows that are kind of like Building up to it here, but talking about other nerd stuff, check out the Cool Table Network. Also on RomoCollectors.com, where you can find a listing of all those shows. Shows such as Enter the Realm, Breaking the Mold, Figure Banging, Stasis Lock, Nerd Rage Radio, Shattered Cast Uncut, Classic Fanatic, sort of, Toy Detox, sort of, Beer and Bolters 40K, Eight Weeks, sort of, Fresher Communications, and Verbally Challenged. All the shows, while the episodes may not be family friendly, they are all part of a friendly family. Yay!